what's going on. Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are you? Are you getting ready for some football? Super Bowl 56. We're about a week and a half away. This is the Super Bowl special. Now we're recording this February 3rd. So keep in mind, some li- or you know, some props are out, some are lines are going to move, but uh, we're getting this thing done early for a reason. We'll talk about that in just a second. Joining me on today's show, the one, the only Connor Holzkamp. He's a part of the Woos Media family. You can catch him on uh, the Red Rock Sports Podcast. It's a uh, local Colorado show, and uh, he guest stars on a couple other podcasts as well from time to time. He's going to join us today, talk a little football. Connor, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, thanks for having me. Not a lot. You know, it's really chilly outside in here in Colorado, so trying to keep my core temperature up. How are the roads? Oh, they're all right. Where yeah, it's uh, it snowed a lot in Colorado recently. It snowed everywhere recently. It, it has. Like it's it. been a, it's been a snowy snowy uh, couple days here. Storms in throughout North the America. Country. Exactly. One place it's not going to be snowing. The Super Bowl. Uh, I know usually Super Bowls are co- are uh, warm weather, but uh, L. A. hosting Cincinnati uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll break down everything that we can think of. And uh, look, we're also going to have on. Uh, another Woos Media NFL expert, Ryan Elliott. We'll play that interview back at some point during the show. I talked to him yesterday, got his thoughts on the Super Bowl, and uh, see what he thought. So today you're going to get my thoughts on the Super Bowl. We'll see what Connor has to say. We'll check in with Ryan, and it should be a good little podcast. Uh, But we're finally here, LA Cincinnati, Super Bowl 56. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, talk about obviously the spread, uh, what it looked like when it opened up, and what the early money is looking like. Uh, then we'll break this thing down. We will look at the matchups, what we think of, uh, you know, in general this game, how we how we see it going. Uh, talk about obviously some bets along the way. We'll finish the show by giving what I think the spread should be. Okay, so. We'll talk home field to kind of start things off and determine what home field should be. And then to wrap things up, we'll come up with a number, what we think this spread should be. And of course, prop bets, so much fun. Now, a lot of prop bets aren't out yet. What I'm probably going to do is have one more show next week, just with a couple prop bets leading up to uh, the Super Bowl. Stay tuned for that. Not exactly sure how I'm going to do that yet. But uh, either way, I think I have three or four to talk about today. Some of the big ones, the National Anthem. That's one that a lot of people like. It's always fun. Yeah, like first to score. Um, the first to be shown during the National Anthem. I've got some stuff on that too. But anyway, we'll get to all that stuff. Uh, I want to start off, by, uh, like I said, talking about the line. It opened up three and a half and uh, didn't get much. It didn't get seen by many people. I think it was available for about five minutes at three and a half. And the thing is, I was sitting there actually texting Connor uh, you know, with some other people too, and talking about the the early prices, what it what it looked like, and I knew the whole time, and I'll talk about this later in the show that I wanted to go money line because I had a feeling it would open up in between three and a half and five and a half, and so I made my money line bet, but it opened up three and a half, uh, went to four within about five or ten minutes of opening. And then slowly trickled to four and a half that night. So as we've talked about before on the show, lines move very quickly. It's important to buy early. And look, if you if you like the Rams and you missed out on those numbers, don't worry. We'll give you plenty of ways to bet the Rams, including money line or potentially a spread if you'd like to do that. But um, 
So right now it's four and a half. That's a consensus. It's kind of settled down there. Not too serious of a difference in money. I think it's just about 58% of the tickets coming in have been on the Rams. And about 55% of the money so far is on uh, the Bengals. So you can't really tell yet what's going on there because the limits are so low. Uh, I think the limits currently, you can probably get in, I don't know, maybe six figures at some casinos if you want to. But in general, the average sports better can probably about 50000 to to 100000 So uh, opening lines and opening movements are so important, obviously, like we always talk about and like we've discussed many times on this show. But the reason why the Super Bowl matters so much more to bet early is because you get so many more average bettors. So much more of the public bets on the Super Bowl. So... For a prop bet example, if you like Cooper Cup to score the first touchdown, you got to bet that right now because there's going to be a lot of people betting Cooper Cup to score the first touchdown. And right now he's about plus 550. That's like the consensus, maybe plus 600. That's probably going to close plus 350 to plus 400 because so many Mm. people are going to bet on Cooper Cup. So if you like to make those bets, and if you feel like some of the bets you're going to make, i.e. Cooper Cup first touchdown, you think a lot of other people are going to make two, you better make those early because those are going to move pretty substantially. So, all right, got that out of the way. Let's talk some matchup here. Uh, Connor, where are you leaning here? LA Rams, Cincinnati. I guess I want to start by asking, are you one of the people who think that Cincinnati is kind of a fraudulent team? Do you think that they got here and they're not really one of these elite teams that belong in the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I think they have some elite aspects, especially on their offense. Obviously, the Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow uh, connection is, I would consider, elite. They're they're right up there with any tandem in the connection. NFL. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're up there with any tandem in the NFL. I think in terms of, uh, you know, I, I would say I kind of <laughs> I do lean a little bit more towards that. Uh, it, you, you look at these playoff games that Cincinnati's had, and they've kind of, I mean, they've kind of not played great football throughout these playoffs they've kind of relied on some timely turnovers at just the right time some t- you know timely interceptions and fumble recoveries um and so yeah you know i but hey at the end of the day someone that comes to this you're in the super bowl you're in the super well, bowl i mean i mean yeah but that's sort of look you have to win a couple games and you're in but i don't i think that it does mean something that they were outgained by the Raiders, outgained by the Titans. Right. You know, last right. week they were down 21-3 at halftime. Could have been 28-3 if Mahomes didn't screw that I, I thing I believe up they were or, outgained on offense on in all their games in the playoffs so far. You know what I heard is that, uh, you know Ross Tucker? Do you ever listen to him? No, I do not. So he, Ross Tucker, he's got a couple podcasts. He used to play in the NFL for a while, and he actually does some uh, color commentary stuff on TV. And he's also on the sidelines. And he was on the sidelines for the AFC Championship game, and he said this week on one of his shows that he strongly believes, he has a real strong opinion about this, and he's usually good with stuff like this. He believes that, well, he knows for a fact that what happened, I'm not sure if you heard this, that Andy Reid wanted to kick the field goal at the end of the first half. Mm. And Mahomes begged him for a play. Begged him for a play. Reid gave in, and... After they didn't get it. You mean when, when Tyreek Hill was stopped on like the two-yard line? Yeah, at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. So Andy Reid gave in and said, okay, we'll go for it. But, but he called the play thinking that, you know, assuming essentially that if, if Mahomes didn't see the right throw, he'd throw it out of the back of the end zone. He didn't do it. And the whole second half, it was this weird elephant in the room to where he thinks that Patrick Mahomes in the back of his head knows 
that he lost a little bit of trust from Andy Reid. It was this kind of weird situation. They didn't get any points. I guess Patrick Mahomes, allegedly, I heard this on another show, allegedly at halftime, Patrick Mahomes' uh, wife was in the locker room with her kid and did a TikTok. Did you hear this? No, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get. I haven't gotten this confirmed in the source that I heard it from on uh, on the radio today. I guess hadn't confirmed it either, but they said that they heard that that was something as well. So, and I don't want to be spreading rumors or anything, but it was a pretty legitimate source on Fox Sports Radio. Um, that all plays into the fact that, you know, I don't want to talk AFC Championship, but that all plays into the fact that Cincinnati hasn't really come out and dominated any game so far. They really haven't come out and, and had their foot on the gas. Now, they were up, I think, 23 to 10 at halftime against the Raiders, but still, that's the Raiders, it is the Raiders. backed into the playoffs. <laughs> And, and you look at that, you just look at the Cincinnati Bengals and outside of, I am a Joe Burrow believer. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. I am a full on Joe Burrow believer, but you look at this, this whole team, it's hard to really point to any one aspect on the Cincinnati Bengals right. and say they are elite here. You know what I mean? Outside of maybe the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase connection, it's hard to really look at them in any facet. They're kicker. They got a great kicker. No, I um, mean, that. that's, that's true. I mean... Joe Burrow, though, like you said, and look, I think the whole Joe Burrow love, uh, by the way, later in the show, uh, also joining us, uh, Ryan Elliott, part of Woos Media. I talked to him yesterday and got his thoughts about what he thinks, you know, about the game, stuff like that. So we'll play that at some point during the show coming up here uh, in a little bit. He's really good. He's an insider. You know, I'd consider him one of the sharper uh, NFL betters that I know. So we'll get that here coming up in... uh, in just a moment, but Joe Burrow is really, if you look at the advanced statistics, elite. Now, Pro Football Focus, which we're going to reference a lot today, has their quarterback rankings. Let me pull it up. Joe Burrow, do you want to guess where he's ranked in Pro Football Focus's overall, overall incorporating everything, total quarterback rating? I'm going to guess, Joe Burrow I'm gonna guess fifth. Uh, he's rated number one. Wow. Right now. Okay. Now, again, what we're referring to is pff.com, profootballfocus.com. They have what I think are some of the most reliable, most in depth advanced statistics that are available today publicly in the NFL. You do have to pay a subscription to have access to it. But Joe Burrow, ahead of. Uh, and look, when you incorporate running, Joe Burrow actually is not fantastic. Like, as a running quarterback, Joe Burrow ranks. I think around 12, tw- something like that. No, 20? it's uh, farther. Let's see here. Yeah, it's it's all the way down. It, it's like 25th. Yeah, okay. Is a rushing quarterback, and that's according to the PFF ranking. So as a true passer, he's number one in the league. And that's a, he's with a 91.6. That's a whole point ahead of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mean. Yeah, he's, he's great. He, I, I am a Joe Burrow believer. But the more I look into this game, you know, the more I see that Cincinnati maybe going against that narrative that I had and that a lot of other people have that they are sort of a fluke because I agree with you that my my, my, my first thought with this, look, I've been fading Cincy for weeks. I've been betting against them for dating back to the game that they lost, that they won in Denver. I've been betting against them. You know, I mean, not every week consecutively, but I've sort of had them behind where the markets had them in, in, in power ratings. Therefore, it's naturally going to be a play. And so I understand that when you look at things like Joe Burrow's ratings, or like you said, you know they're not necessarily anywhere but elite anywhere. But you look at some stats, which we're going to do here in a second. And Cincinnati's really, I think, a team that's improved through the year, gotten a lot better. Now, still, in terms of power rankings, Pro Football Focus has them. 
Let's see here. Number seven. Uh, okay. Yeah. Pro Football Focus has them seventh. 538.com has them uh, eighth. So they're right there in that seven, eight, nine range. I have them ninth. I'm, I'm not too high on them at all, obviously, as we talked about. But uh, Joe Burrow, number one in the NFL with the uh, quarterback rating. Um, let's see here. Home field. I want to talk about that, actually, before we dive into specific players. What do you think about the home field for this game? Now, I have some pros and cons I'll give you real quick, and then maybe you can react to those. Okay. okay. Yeah. Generally, in the NFL, home field is worth anywhere from two and a half to three and a half points. And you, you, you hear more and more people, the numbers people saying, that's trending way towards two and a half, not three and a half. Uh, so just going in with that knowledge to this game, the LA Rams don't have a great home field anyway. Okay, so yeah. it's already a poor home field. They don't have you know great fans. Pros for them playing at home, they're familiar with the stadium. Obviously, uh, it's close to home, so they don't have to deal with the distractions of travel, things like that. And it's guaranteed good weather, which I think is a huge benefit for LA. If it's bad weather, that greatly benefits the Bengals, in my opinion. So, and why would you say that? Because the Bengals uh, would prefer to run heavy, right? Okay. Uh, th- that more aggressive at the line style of, of offense. If you know that the Rams are going to run, and you know since he's going to run, I actually think it, it benefits since he compared to what the lines at mm, right now. Interesting. Um, maybe not again from a pure X's and O's, but for what the lines at right now, I mm-hmm. think that would have a big impact. Uh, now the cons, okay? LA is the away team, so they're not going to be in their own locker room. So even though they're in mm. their own stadium, it's going to be a very different experience. Okay, and I think they're in the process right now. They have to be of making that away locker room, which are usually really shitty. I mean, you see away locker rooms, and they are barren. Oh yeah, they don't have a lot yeah, of stuff. Not, not the same. So they're probably juicing that up right now and trying to make the home locker room as, as, as they probably do in most Super Bowls. I would imagine. Well, right. no, most Super Bowls they try and make. I mean, make everything fancy. But I think that's they're, what I'm saying. They, they, they but, but I do think so. they're also at the same time. No, I, I think that they're at the same time trying to make the home locker room as bland as possible. Why not? Are they allowed to do that in the I Super Bowl? I don't I, I know the I would protocol almost, for yeah, I don't either, the, but how they set stuff up. That would, would surprise me if they were allowed to do that. You know, that that's actually good. I, I don't know how negative it would be if they if we if they could or couldn't do that, but uh, that is a that is something, right? The locker room and the locker, these guys have been going to all Absolutely. season it's long. It's different, completely different. It's completely different. And how does that play with Cincy? Is that a positive or negative that they're walking around seeing Aaron Donald's locker and his name right there and his nameplate and all that stuff? I right. mean, will that be covered? You know, so it's it's really interesting to think about how that just from a mental standpoint will <laughs> Maybe we need to do it. some investigation into locker room prep for Super right, Bowls. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, and then my other con is the fact that they are playing in their home stadium it may may lose some of the luster for the Rams, right? It doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel like the Super Bowl for a lot of players who've been waiting their whole lives for this. Maybe that's not you know a real factor at all. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and come up with pros and cons. So now that I've given you those, what do you think? Like in general, uh, I think in general it's going to be significantly, uh, majorly less of a advantage than on a regular game. Of course, right? So, so, so if it's so normally two point five, like it's not. So for I'd LA, I'd be surprised if it moves at a half a point. So for the Rams' average home field, it's usually about one and a half. <laughs> okay, so I, I would be absolutely shocked if it even moves at a half a point. Um, but it, it's something to think about. I think it, it, it's gonna. The, it can only be a positive, especially after hearing your pros and cons list. I thought it was well thought out. Um, 
I really only see the, I, the the biggest one that you said there was a pro, which is that they get to stay in their own element, right? They don't have to worry with... I mean, there's two things when you travel, right? One is obviously just the whole aspect of you're not sleeping in your bed, you're, tra- you're uh, in a different time zone, right? It kind of throws you off a little bit. But then the other thing is uh, that like you said, there might be some distractions, right? When you have a whole team of 50, how many is it? 54 on a Super Bowl roster? I, I can't. Yeah, 53. 53. I'm, I'm, 53. I'm not sure if they alter they, a bit, uh, but, They yeah. might give you, uh, who knows. But, um, but when, you, when you're dealing with that many people, um, you're always got to deal with the, the possibility of having distractions of people wanting to go out and celebrate and go out to these different nightclubs and stuff, right? Because, I mean, hey, you're on vacation in a way, right? Right, um, right. And no, that's so, true. And, and if you have family coming in, you know, maybe that's a distraction. If, if, if hey, you know, you have more people coming and staying at your house. Because no, I've always said this. In sports, in sports betting, I think that it's overvalued sometimes or it's, it's overdone how much people think it's a negative being on the road in Big situations. Now, if it's middle of the season, especially in like baseball, long road trip, last game of a road trip, that's not what I'm talking about. Right? Or you get in at like two thirty in the morning, exactly. Or something like that, right? Exactly. What I'm talking about is a big time playoff situation. Right. Sometimes going on the road, it can be a benefit because it's more of a business trip. You don't have the distractions. Right. You don't mm-hmm. have people coming to your house. So, you know, it, that may be a. a, a, a da- I would say we should honestly, if the average home field is one and a half for LA. I think we should take away like 0.7. I think we should cut it in half. Seriously. Oh yeah. At least. Yeah. I, I mean, think I, so too. I think it should be 0. Especially 0.75. because, especially because a lot of that home field advantage, especially in the NFL is from crowd noise. I mean, that is a, that is a lot of, I mean, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a significant part well, of, you of sh- the, it goes into the, the like math or whatever that you calculate for it. Right. For sure. But I would say right. it's, it's normally a, a significant portion it of, is. of the line, yeah. right? Yeah. Denver, so, Kansas city, green Bay, these, these loud and that's stadiums. not going to be existent really in a super bowl situation. I don't think so. I don't see no. a, I don't see a situation where all of a sudden you're going to see significantly more LA fans just because they don't have to travel. You know, because right. I mean, there's a whole bunch of corporate atmosphere at the Super Bowl, anyways, and uh, it's not necessarily the, you know, it's not necessarily just the hardcore fans that want to just go to these games. But, but, but right? that's the thing. So if it's not going to be noisy in home field, and that's not going to matter for home field, well, that didn't matter all year for the Rams anyway. So we're not downgrading based on noise. So we shouldn't take that into account. I don't think, even though it's a good point, I don't think if we downgrade, we should because they haven't had noise all year. Right. So it may, and if anything. You know, I mean, Cincinnati may have a lot of fans that are trying to make noise. I don't think it'll be enough to make an input or, you know, like to make an impact, I mean. But, you know, they haven't dealt with the noise all year. So the, the downgrades have to strictly come from not being in the locker room, things like that. So maybe it's an overreaction to say, cut it in half, given the fact that crowd noise shouldn't matter after talking this through a little bit. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think crowd noise should matter. I, I think. Right. So, so if we're downgrading, what are we downgrading for then? They, if they, this is a normal home game for them, except for I still, I, you know what I still maybe a, a tiny bit of, of of crowd noise and then the locker room thing. I'm a believer. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm a, I'm a believer that it does make a day. Is you know obviously I've not played NFL football, but as someone who has played at the you know college level and high school in terms of sports, sure. um, I do believe that there's something to be said about being able to stay in your own bed, right? Um, no, for sure. It, I, I think that's a because because then you're on your own. You, you're, it's your routine. You know what I mean. You don't have to break your routine. Really, you can keep you can keep what feels normal to you. It feels and and a lot of if you think about the Super Bowl, right? Emotions fly high, 
right? There's a lot of nerves already. Like there's nothing you can do about that. There's a lot of nerves. It's the biggest moment in many of these people's lives. And whatever you can do to just kind of calm yourself down, make it feel a little more like real life. Cause the Super Bowl's bigger than real life. Right, <laughs> you know, right. the more I, I just have to believe that that benefits the team that gets to kind of normalize it a little bit. I think that's absolutely the case. And I think that's something everyone should keep in mind. So, um, so how do you attack that? How do you bet that maybe potential player props, maybe potential individual player, uh, you know, uh, whatever, you know, over unders, touchdowns, things like that. And we'll talk about props coming up here in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a great website and app that you can get that deals with player props. And they structure it in a daily fantasy structure. So it's so much fun. If you like DFS, if you like player props, they combine the two. It's awesome. So with Thrive Fantasy, uh, here's what you do. In, in any contest, which they have a uh, their Super Bowl contest, they're guaranteeing 100000 it's, I think they're giving $20,000 to first place. And these aren't like DraftKings contests where there's like tens of thousands of people. Connor, you play DFS all the time, right? Yeah. Some of these these FanDuel contests, are they're outrageous. How many people are in oh, there yeah. and how it's not even worth it. I mean, it's really, you're throwing your, go get a lotto ticket. Seriously, if you're going to play <laughs> those. It's different with Thrive Fantasy. There's not nearly as many people yet. These these prizes they've given out are, are amazing. They've given out $5 million, over $5 million so far. And they're guaranteeing 100000 in their contest for the Super Bowl, 20000 to first place. Here's how it works. They give you 20 players to choose from. You pick 10, whether you're like the over-under for the given prop that they have. Once you have your 10 players, that's your lineup. As I said, they've given over, over a $5 million in total. Uh, and I also want to talk about something that we really haven't spent a lot of time on here talking about, the prop lobby. Okay, so you can do the contest, DFS style. That's fun. Awesome, right? That's But the prop lobby allows you to make parlays with player props. So you can select mm. any players they have up there, make a two, three, or four. You can make it up to four uh, players, uh, up to a four-player parlay. And you know what the great thing is? You know my whole deal with parlays, Connor? Why I hate parlays and why? It's because they rip you off. A lot of these sports <laughs> books, they take a little bit here or there. People don't notice. They pay on Thrive better than anyone you're going to find in the industry paying these kind of games these these parlays mm. whether it's in a sports book or on any other website doing this kind of thing Love so it. not only can you play dfs but you can do this prop lobby parlay player props and it's going to pay true if not better than true odds it's so much fun check them out online thrivefantasy.com now here's the thing put in promo code sbd and you're going to get a big bonus okay promo code sbd for sports betting daily obviously you can get a hundred percent bonus up to a hundred bucks plus at least two free entries to a contest. So if you only put, have twenty bucks, perfect. Put in twenty, you'll end up with forty with the bonus, and you'll get two free entries. But if you max it out and put a hundred bucks in, you'll get a hundred bucks back, so you have two hundred, and you'll get four free entries to a contest. It's so worth it. Online, thrivefantasy.com promo code SBD. All right. So uh, before we wrap up our home field advantage talk here. Um, let's talk about the off the field or, 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 you know, everything that's not happening in the stadium. Uh, when Cincy goes to LA, how much partying is going to happen? How much do you think they're going to enjoy it? Because every week in the Super Bowl, there's always a story about, boy, did you see this team? They went out and they were drinking and so-and-so. Or, uh, you know, uh, so-and-so reported to the local ABC station that, you know, they saw Rob Gronkowski out till 2 a.m. The, you know, on the Friday night before, whatever it is. 
Cincinnati being out of town, I think they're much more likely to get in that kind of a situation. A lot younger of a team. Look at their salary cap. Look at their newer draft picks. So if you're looking for distractions, I think that's a big negative for Cincy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think so too. I think... Uh, if anything, it's going to favor LA. Like I said, they're in their element. It, uh, you know, and I, I also think Sean McVay being here before, um, as a head coach, rather. I mean, obviously, Zach Taylor was on his staff, interestingly enough, when they went to the Super Bowl last. But um, I believe he was, right? Wasn't Zach Taylor on the... Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah these guys so, know each other well. Uh, so uh, you got you to gotta figure that coming back for another crack at the Super Bowl, um, I would imagine Sean McVay is going to have... And they're at home, right? They're in their homes. I would imagine that he's going to have their team focused. Um, and so I, I would think, if anything, I would definitely lean a little bit towards that being a positive for the Rams. Okay. So, I mean, I think it was a huge overreaction to say that cut it in half for the home field downgrade. I think, if anything, we should downgrade because opposite locker room for the Rams. The fact that even though it's not going to be all the crowd noise, they still had 50 to 70% home fans anyway, right? It may not have been packed. Maybe it wasn't right. the loudest stadium ever, but it still meant something, especially for those division games. So I think that it wouldn't be outrageous to say downgrade them. Uh, like 0.4 or so. And for the sake of the audience, we'll just say downgrade like a half a point just to make it easy for everyone out there. You mean from the typical home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. So let's just say one. Let's give them a point. Okay. I think one point is fair for the Rams to have home field here. Is that okay? We we can agree with moving forward? Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, so at the end, we'll kind of add that to whatever we, you know, decide the line should be and we'll use power rankings and stuff. But at home, you can kind of use that. We're going to use one for home field. I think that's, Pretty flesh through and pretty good. All right, let's talk about the matchups here. Uh, let's talk about when Cincinnati has the ball against LA's defense. Let's start there when Joe Burrow's on the field. LA Rams, DVOA defensively, they're fifth in the NFL. Uh, by the way, when we reference DVOA, it's from Football Outsiders, very good advanced uh, analytics. And again, these numbers that we're going to be referencing today from Pro Football Focus, DVOA, uh, NFL Savant, um, a couple other websites. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Next Gen Stats. They all go beyond the the statistics, which is, I think, essential if you're going to win in sports betting. And the reason why people have a hard time with it, it's just not what they're used to, right? But there are new, better ways to look at the game that break it down in more in-depth you know, ways to, to analyze what's going on. So I love these numbers instead of, okay, how many points per game are they giving up? Or how many yards per game? Now, we can learn something from that. If you're last in yards per game given up or, or, or gained, you can learn something from that. But I like to go with these kind of stats just to kind of start things off. LA, like I said, fifth in DVOA defensively. Cincinnati DVOA offensively, 18th in the NFL. Uh, and then yards per play. Did you say Cincinnati offensively? Yeah, so so I just did the LA defense DVOA. Is fi- fifth. Yep, fifth. Cincinnati offense DVOA, 18th. Because right Ooh. now I want to do the matchup of Cincinnati offense versus LA's defense. Yeah, so that, that surprises me that it's that low. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, yards per play, a uh, good indication of e- uh, uh, offensive efficiency or defensive efficiency. Uh, LA Rams are sixth in yards per play allowed. Uh, they're allowing 5.2 yards per play, and Cincy is eighth offensively for yards per play, uh, uh, averaging 5.8 yards per play. Connor, uh, I want to get your thoughts generally on Cincinnati's offense. Like, where would you rank them overall in the NFL? I mean, I would put them more. I, I, after hearing that DVOA, that's interesting that they're 18th. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm a little high on them, but I, I would probably um, put them around a fringe top 10. 
offense okay. somewhere maybe just outside the top 10 like 9 to 12 9 to 12 so. range uh, is, okay. is probably where I had them coming into here um you look at their their offensive line. Their offensive line is not good. Uh, Joe Burrow's been sacked in NFL leading 51 times this year. Um, and he's been pressured. That's been the story all playoffs. Right. He's, he's under a lot of pressure. Their offensive line is really not giving him any sort of help. And when you look what's, you know, across the line from him, the Rams got one of the best, you know, front sevens and, and defensive lines out there and have been doing a really good job Um pressuring the quarterback now i think they only have four sacks i think this, these playoffs but um, they're they're getting but they're there getting there they really are just so. to quantify some of these rankings uh here are the rankings for the offensive line the pff player rankings uh for cincinnati's offensive line uh their starting center ranks 26th uh their uh starting left guard ranks 67th their starting left tackle ranks 49th. Their starting right tackle ranks 77th. And their uh, other starting guard ranks 35th. So uh, not, a, not a good look the, for the Bengals over there. And uh, the reason why some of those, you may say, wait, why are there why are some of those numbers so high? Aren't there you know, a certain amount of starters in the NFL? Right. This incorporates everyone who's played the minimum required snaps to show up here. So, you know, ideally... I'd say a top 35 is not a bad ranking, but there were a lot of players down there that, that right. were below 50. Looks like they so. got their center that's uh, right there in a fringe good ranking. Center, guard, but I mean, even their backups. One of their backups is 81st of 82. Ooh. Hakeem uh, Adenji, if I'm pronouncing that right. And he's played 716 snaps this I'm year. I'm sure if he so. didn't, the Adenjis will uh, let you know on Twitter. Yeah, he's played, uh, yeah, over 700 snaps, and he's so, 80, yeah. So I, I see... I see this being a big problem for Cincinnati uh, on game day. They're another thing that the Rams are good at is is run defense, right? I mean they they're good they're pretty good at stopping the run. I don't think that Cincy's gonna they're gonna have a hard time running the ball, which means they're gonna have to pass, or they might even be down and have to pass, right? Um, and then I think you're just gonna see the poorest offensive line show up uh, for the Bengals. Um, I think they're gonna have to rely a little bit on the big play. You mentioned how they have a good yards yards per uh, yards per play, y- y- uh, yeah, yards per play, which is up there. And obviously the Rams have been a little bit. Sustained to giving up some some big chunk yards, right? So I think it's ultimately going to come down a lot to some of these big chunk plays, um, and I don't I don't love that uh, if I'm betting on Cincinnati trying to rely on some big chunk yardage plays, uh, even as good as Joe Burrow and someone like Jamar Chase is. Uh, I think that's that's not necessarily a recipe for but, consistent success. But and, I mean, I think you're right with I mean to a degree that obviously they're going to have success with chunk plays as you call them which would be what considered like more than like 15 yards yeah. downfield yeah, something like that i was looking at joe burrow's stats and he's he's really got no problem going vertical it's just can they put it together on a drive right because if you have let's say four completions for over 20 yards this game which is a lot for, honestly for a typical game but let's say you have three out you know for over 20 yards mm-hmm. um and and that's completions over 20 not a screen pass that goes which i could see yards. happening by the way but i mean if they get but that all d- depends on how this game goes you know do they get desperate is it an offensive game plan is it uh you know like the flow of this game matters let, 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 let's quickly talk game flow like okay i think that the the way this game could go potentially is much more likely for the Rams to be loose, trying things out. And it's all because they've had more, the, the Rams have had more players who have been here, and Sean McVay's been here. And I think the head coach making those decisions, it matters. He's been here, he's lost, he learned from that. So to me, I think that Cincinnati could start off a little bit more conservative. 
I mean, look, between the two teams, who do you think would start? Would be more likely to start conservative? I could see them both starting conservative. But okay, I could too. But but if you had to pick one that would be more likely, I think that because of the head coach, because of the situation, that they. I mean, maybe that. I mean, I'm I'm not going to look at the whole they were supposed to be here thing. But because of the situation, because their head coach hasn't been here before, and Sean McVay has been here so before. So if you if you look at the Rams in their their wins, right? So they are fifteen and four, including the playoffs. Um, you look at their wins, and they win games when Matt Stafford. I mean, this isn't like a revelation here, right? I mean, this is obviously probably generally true with a lot of NFL teams, but it's a pretty stark contrast when they win, when they win games, Matt Stafford does not throw interceptions. Um, he is averaging in the, in all their, um, their losses rather, or I'm sorry, in all their wins, the Rams wins, Stafford's averaging about two and a half touchdowns a game, uh, compared to 0.6, uh, interceptions a game. So really, really good interception to, to touchdown numbers. When you go to his losses, it's much closer to a one to one ratio. Um, in terms of what what he's averaging, so okay. um, I, I could see uh, I could see this being a little bit more of a conservative game plan, to be quite honest with you, than a lot of the people might. See, a lot of people are what, out here thinking shootout. It's going to be big what, guns. That's what I thought too. And 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 earlier when I was talking about this, whether it was last week or whatever, I thought that that was going to be the game plan for Stafford to come out and throw like seventeen to twenty two times, and that still may be the game plan. But the more I look at, and, and we'll talk about this when we flip the field and talk about LA's offense. But the more about from what I see beats since he's D is, is throwing the football. So I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. But mm. when you talk about game flow, when you talk about being conservative, and I don't want to make this too all over the place. I want to get back to right, Cincinnati's back to offense Cincinnati's again. Offense. again. Yeah, but in terms of the game flow and in terms of being conservative, and because this all got started because we were discussing, you know, would they be throwing downfield? What's what's the likelihood that he would have all these over you know twenty well, yard passes? I will at least agree with you. I will agree with you that I I do I, I see it as a likely scenario that Cincinnati will come out conservative in terms of Cincinnati's offense. I I, th- I absolutely I, I, feel that that could be the case, especially because he's a a really young quarterback. Um, well, and here's the thing: it, it's it's pros and cons, right? And and, and if you're saying no, they're going to go for it because they weren't supposed to be here. Joe Burrow's young. They why would they have nothing to lose, right? And, and take that mindset. I think they have everything to lose. They're not approaching it like that. This is the Super Bowl, okay? I think that they're going to. This is the thing they all play for. I mean, the the idea of let's just go for it is to me so out of bounds for the approach for any team here. I think that. 80% of the time, they're going to come out conservative if I had to like put a number on think, it. Like, that's how strongly I feel I, And about especially it. in the Super Bowl, I think even the, as a general trend, that's what you tend to see every year, right? Everyone. I mean, you it, tend to see... Uh, Tom Brady, uh, uh, intentional grounding out of the back of the end zone. Right. Peyton Manning, ball snapped over his oh, head for play. It, it's like these, hap- these things happen for a reason, okay? Yep. So nerves matter. You know, right. everything right. builds up. So... So I, I I could see a script where you you know I could definitely see a script as as you mentioned where it's a little bit uh, conservative to start the game at least right mm-hmm. I think they'll try and get some easy completions for Joe Burrow to try and just kind of get some of those first quarter nerves out of the way right mm-hmm. um, now don't get me wrong they'll they'll take their shots throughout the game the you just said they're the eighth you know most yards per play team right. in the NFL they're gonna take their shots that's who they are uh, and that's that's how they're gonna utilize their team but I definitely see them coming out uh, a little more conservative to start. 
start, and, and if they get behind, then obviously that th- that changes. And if anyone out there is saying, no, it's Joe Cool, it's cool Joe Burrow, it's like, no, this is the Super Bowl. It it's, is. It's, it's it bigger is. than, it, than it's everyone. It's the Super Bowl, and, and you see this every year with the every Super Bowl. Year. Every single year. Tom Brady comes out tight. In, in, Everybody. In, in, you know, so. So, uh, so I see that. I, I think that the Cincinnati offense, they're going to have a tough time running the ball in this game. I really do believe so. I mean, I think they're going to have a tough time doing everything, but they're going to have to pass it if LA scores. But mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to talk about LA yet. Let's let's uh, let's get back to some player rankings. Okay, we talked about the offensive line player rankings. A lot of players way down there. Let's see where some of these other offensive pieces rank for Cincinnati. As we mentioned, Joe Burrow number one in the NFL according to PFF, and this is not it's big time. That's that's all math. Okay, so that's real. Uh, these receivers are again. Like Connor would say, big time. T. Higgins, ninth in the NFL. Jamar Chase, seventh in the NFL. And then Tyler Boyd is 50th in the NFL. But he is really inconsistent. So, I mean, I think he actually matters a lot this game. Kind of one of those X factors. And I don't have a, a lot to add on Tyler Boyd today. But, you know, tune into my show next week when his over-under comes out. Because that's going to be something to look for. And actually, I did see an over-under... With Tyler Boyd earlier today, it was a cross sport over under, and maybe I can find it here in a little bit. Uh, but it was like, what will happen, Tyler Boyd? Oh, I remember. It was over under Tyler Boyd receiving yards in the Super Bowl or Joe Biden's approval rating on April first. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> and Joe Biden's approval rating right now is like thirty nine percent. So yeah. we're going for an over under. Uh, and look, this is not a political show. We're looking to make money here, folks. So Joe Biden's over under or the over under, and that's how you look at cross sport props in the Super Bowl. Just f- figure out whatever you're more comfortable with. You know, whatever you feel the best about what your number represents or, or can project and make that the over under. So if we feel confident Joe Biden's uh, over under is, let's say, 39 and a half based on what it is today, then that's the over under. So we set the line instead of a some weird cross sport prop. Just say to yourself, OK, Tyler Boyd over under 39 and a half yards. That's our bet because of the, of the number we made. So anyway, that's kind of a interesting bet to throw out there. but. I- so Tyler Boyd, 50th in the uh, in NFL according to PFF's rankings. Uh, hmm. Did you have some data or should I keep going with the no, player no, rankings? No, keep going, keep going. Okay, running backs, uh, Joe Mixon ranks 13th. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan ranks 55th. And then tight ends. I was surprised here uh, how kind of low the tight ends are. Uh, CJ Uzoma, I think it is, is ranked 39th. And then Drew Sample is ranked 53rd. So you look at the offense, everyone outside Joe Burrow is... Well, I mean, these receivers actually. So it's Joe Burrow, these elite receivers, and then everyone else is kind of bottom, you know, dwellers. But this is what you heard Tom Brady talk about in that documentary thing he put out. He's like, look, in 2022 football, it's like Madden. You load up on these specialty players and you can beat anybody, especially if you're getting rid of the football. So, Connor, I mean, it kind of backs up what we've been talking about. They've been winning games. Joe Burrow could have that it factor. You know, I mean... I think I'm, I'm. I know I'm betting on the Rams this game. You know, just a little FYI out there. I'm, I'm. I'm taking LA in several different ways, but you know, I just. I wonder if in five years I'm going to go. Yeah, God, I, I bet against Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship and <laughs> loss. I bet against Joe Burrow in the Super right, Bowl and loss. You know, right. he may have that. That it could be. I mean, we've we've seen we've seen uh, those types of games before, right? In the Super Bowl, where the underdog comes out and you know. 
All right. Um, keep talking about this. Uh, how good, truly how good, and I've wondered this, how good is LA's defense? Because... But, I'm sorry, really quick before, yes. before you go to keep that point. Yeah. Uh, did you mention Joe Mixon's raking on there? I thought I did. I, I might have missed it if, if you yeah, did. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Mr. Mixon, Joe Mixon, 13th Okay. in the NFL. And um, he's got a really high actual run ranking. Um, I can maybe pull that up in a second. Mm. But meaning, meaning some of the things that he gets knocked on might be different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meaning, pass protection and... Yeah, pass protection, uh, receiving, receiving out of the backfield. Yeah, right. certain things like that. But okay. um, third, look, he's played almost 900 snaps this year. I mean... It's been great this year. 13th, yeah. he's And that's what a quarterback like Joe Burrow does need. You know, don't kid yourself. Joe Mixon is, uh, Joe Mixon is helping him a lot. Okay, um, let's see. Where are we here? Okay, I was saying, yeah, how good... Uh, is LA's defense because that that was one of my big questions coming in here. You know how re- really down deep down how good are they? I know they have a lot of big names, um, but looking a little more deeply at this defensive unit, what I found is really interesting. Now they're average in yards allowed, you know, which is just one of those general stats that I think is you know you can learn something from that. Right in the middle of the NFL, you know, average. But when you look at variance, now I think we'd all agree that the Rams are like one of the more inconsistent teams in the NFL. Right week to week. You didn't really know what you were getting much with with the Rams, right? I mean, is there another right. team that was really more all over the place? I'm sure there were. I mean, the, the Bills were right. There were teams we can find, but generally the Rams were up there in terms of variance, is how we would describe that. So, uh, Football Outsiders actually calculates variance. They have a variance ranking that you can look at, and mm. you know what surprised me is I always attributed the Rams' variance to be because their offense. And this whole narrative on ESPN and Fox Sports in the middle of the season, Sean McVay has gotten away from the run. Sean McVay's throwing too much of Matt Stafford. Remember that? Back yeah, in like November? Yeah. Uh, when they and, lost like three or four in, three in a row. I think yeah, it was three in a row. Yeah, or whether it was December. I forget which month it was, but middle of the season when they mm-hmm. had that losing streak. And everyone said, oh, Sean McVay's getting away from who he is and all this stuff. And the the media as the media will do focus so much on the offense you know I, sometimes you get lost in that stuff and looking at the variance here the defensive variance for the LA Rams they were the sixth team in the end they, they were ranked sixth in variance meaning they were very all over the place there were only five teams higher than them for defensive variance their offensive variance was 12th which is still a little bit above average but it's not the responsible factor here when you're comparing the two isn't that did you do you find that interesting yeah like, i was like blown away when uh, i definitely but if you i know. would have guessed just to, if i would have guessed i would have said offensive uh, vol- uh, volatility or variance would have been like top 5 like the defense or whatever sixth and the defense would have been bottom 20 but it was I, I was blown away. That's a, that's a surprising. I, it's it's it, it's a little surprising to me. But I but I wouldn't say that it's now that I hear it. I'm like, oh, you know what? That it so you're not as surprised sense. as I. No, I, I wouldn't I say. I mean, I, I would say I would have guessed a little bit less than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, this Rams defense has been burned on the big play. I yeah. mean, they really have. And and when you look at, you know, on a week-to-week basis, that is something that can absolutely change that variance stat, I would imagine, right? I mean, all it takes is a couple big plays and boom, your your whole defense is screwed for a game. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, they've also had some... Uh, they've gotten some really good play recently from their defensive line, but some of them, you know, I mean, hey, look at Von Miller. Wow. He came over and didn't do pretty much anything for the first four weeks he was with them. Right, right. right. Um, 
I don't know. They have some some interesting pieces, but they have been they they have gotten burned by the big play at times. I think that attributes to that variance. No, I think so too. Let's see here. The Rams are in. I I hate how some websites don't have rankings. I think every website, if you're gonna give stats out, just make it a thing where you just give rankings. Like, why would you give? Uh, you know, like this is NFL.com. How hard is it to program a one, two, three, four next to these teams? Like, oh, so you have to count them. You just have to count. <laughs> have to exactly. Count. That's what you have to one, do. So, two, or three, I just three, have to guess. Like, oh, they're in the bottom third. You know, so if we are doing a podcast here. I mean, this isn't radio. I could stop and count all the time, but it's like you know, keep <laughs> things going here. Um, so the Rams are right there about like a little below average, 15 to 18th, in uh, plays over uh, 20 plus given up. Okay. Um, so, you know, definitely not Well, great. they're good. They However, are a good defense. for plays 40 plus given up, they drop down to about, yeah, they're on the fringe of bottom 10. So, okay. you know, that has been a, a problem, but... When they got Von Miller, a lot of that stopped, right? When you when you do better on the front end, the back end's gonna no doubt be yeah. more. And when you look at quarterback pressures, defensive efficiency, that all improved throughout the season. So they are getting better. A lot of that variance, and let's keep that in mind too. A lot of the variance is from earlier in the year, and we have to keep this in mind. This is so big for handicapping the Super Bowl. You can't really incorporate a lot of season long stats if nerves matter, right? The more nerves matter, the less season long stats matter. It's a it's a correlated thing. So think about it this way. If you think these players are going to show up completely cool, which they're not, Super Bowl doesn't matter, no nerves, then we can incorporate all these season-long stats. If you think it matters at all, then we have to vary at least a little bit. Again, for however much you think it matters, we vary that much in our in our projection here, but keep that in mind. Season-long stats don't mean everything for the Super Bowl. Look, look no further than, what was it, Super Bowl 48, the, the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl? Look no further than that. I mean, Peyton Manning's offense throwing up Star Wars numbers and uh, gets to the Super Bowl and throws an egg out there. So, yeah. I can't play that. They, it's a good I, Star Wars. I think they may have copyright things on that. They may have, but we were we were uh, making a, uh, Lucas. a parody. It was a parody. Right? Yeah, it was, exactly. Yeah, there you a go. Parody. It was a terrible parody. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. Come see me karaoke on Thursday uh, nights. Okay. That's interesting, that variance, though. Yeah, exactly. So, look, keep that in mind. I mean, if L.A. has a bad, you know, it's not like, and I am betting on the Rams, so you don't love to hear that. You know, you don't love that the defense you're betting on is this volatile, but I just don't think Cincinnati now, do you know, necessarily Do you know has. the answer to this? I, I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the no, spot a little bit, but do you know, generally speaking, uh, like kind of what, what type of percentage you're looking at when you're looking at like a 40-yard pass? Like just generally completion percentage on those type of throws. Um, I don't. Okay, and I don't want. I mean, I could actually. Here, let me look at next gen stats real quick. Because, because the thing is, is obviously they're not. Obviously, that pass is not a very high percentage pass, right? I mean, right. a forty yard pass is not going to be a seventy okay. percent completion. Right? I can actually look this up right now. So okay. according I would guess to, it's more like 40 percent, something like that. Yeah, at, so, oh, at most, probably even less. Okay, so according to. Uh, Matt Stafford, next gen stats. Oh, the other, the oh, this is so passer rating versus. I don't have hmm. yards, but passer rating, uh, twenty plus yards. Down. I mean, will this help? What yeah, you're yeah, for twenty plus yards. Yeah, yeah is, is this what you're looking for? Yeah, Pl- will will player rating help? Sure. Or passer rating? Okay. Sure. So Matthew Stafford, twenty plus down the field, middle of the field, hundred and twenty three point five, which ranks him near the top, top three. League average is eighty four point seven. When I was specifically more looking for Burrow. Because we're still talking a little bit about Cincinnati's yeah, so offense. I, I was going to compare it to here. Let me get to Burrow. All right, hang on a second here. Okay. So I think. I mean, I think that's how Ooh, Cincinnati's going to need to win dude, this game. Joe Burrow is way above average. I mean, all right. So I know these rankings are kind of hard to quantify, but the league average for plus twenty yards downfield, left side of the field, 
is 78. Joe Burrow's a 110. Mm. Middle of the field, the league average is an 84. Joe Burrow's a 135. And right side of the field is a 78. He's an 80.8. So, he, I mean, look, this is the thing. Joe Burrow is elite. Like, we have to is, put him in is. that category. He is. He's a, I'm, I'm a big Burrow believer. But uh, I think so much of this game, I, I'm, I keep getting back to this, but I think so much of this game is going to come down to uh, will the Cincinnati Bengals, in terms of uh, the, the Bengals offense, will their offensive line give Burrow enough time to make some of those downfield completions? Right. And will he complete them? Which, which he's proven that when given the time, he is, he is very good at completing passes f- far down the field. Well, and, so, and as, we, as we pointed out, these receivers are you know, elite as well. Two top ten receivers that, are right Which tends there. to happen when you have the number one quarterback, right? Well, I don't know because pro football focus... They try to isolate They isolate that. it. They, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they try to, but it's it, hard to completely isolate. It is tough to complete, but, but they don't look at yards. They look at you know individual events, and when you look at individual events, you well, separate a lot of And you stuff. know what? Regardless, lucky for us, we don't need to isolate this because they are on the same team in right. the same tandem right now. You right. know what I mean? Right. So... Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of it's really going to come down to okay, can can the pocket stay clean enough for him to allow his receivers to get down the field and complete some of these big plays? Because uh, I, I I don't see them running the ball against him. I, th- I think it's going to be hard to move on a lot of these shorter passes, and I think it's going to be hard for them to get the time to even make these deep completions. But I think that that's where they're going to have to go to win this game. I think the the more we talk about this, I may lean. Over, I may look to bet Joe Burrow over for either completions or yards or potentially both. Again, a lot of these numbers aren't out yet. They won't be out till. Yeah, it's hard pri- to look at them until they're out. Probably Friday of this week. Yeah, and that's why we don't want to just say I'm going to take the over because we don't know what the price is yet. But um, depending on what it comes out at, you know, I think that he could have a bigger game than he's had in the past, and maybe that factors into it. So, you know, the more we talk about this, I think that the passing game for since he could factor in, and I do lean over on this game as well. I actually kind of like the over. You do, huh? I do. Um, I think that, you know, I think Cincinnati, again, if they get behind, I think they, as we talked about, what's what's stopping us from saying Cincinnati can have success throwing the football if they have to? Like, what stats have we found that Cincinnati cannot throw the football? That Jalen Ramsey, again, big name, can shut down Jamar Chase, and they're going to, I just don't see it happening. I think if they really, really are forced to, they, they'll be able to throw the football. I, I I think so as well, but uh, I'm just I'm very weary uh, on that offensive line and how good that pass rush is. But a lot uh, they're, of this game first, plan. They're first in adjusted sack percentage, the Rams are. Um, and, you know, they, they're pretty much any way you want to look at it statistically, they're definitely within the realm of top five, six, seven teams in terms of getting to the quarterback. Right. Um, so I don't know. It makes me weary. I, I got another thing for you here, yes. Tyler. Yes. So the Rams, uh, the under has hit it, uh, the okay I'm sorry the under is 27 10 and one in the Rams last 38 games as favorites and I, I actually I brought that to you because I you know you're you're the professional right. better over here I'm, I'm right. curious what 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 stock if any that you put into a, I, a trend like that I, it's just an interesting really? trend I noticed and I right, so I think I don't use most trends. I think trends are right. generally way over you. Trend here's what trends are used for: lazy handicappers who already have a side who just find trends and then they get on and do their radio thing. And go, I like the Packers tonight because they're seven and three. Their last time against the spread at home. And so, in general, trends don't matter unless there's a reason why that happens. Okay, when Tom Brady goes and you know, and he's zero and five against the spread in Miami. Well. 
maybe it's because of the humidity and Tom Brady's used to playing in this way and they always go, right? There's reasons why that happens. It's not luck. So as a favorite, you know, I, I, we, I would have to look into that more because that little as a favorite caveat, the more things you add on to it as a favorite in this situation, the more either there's a reason for it happening or it's just complete bullshit and there's really no reason for it happening. <laughs> right. So with that, I, 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 I lean strongly when I hear stuff like that to I don't want that to skew all this other hard work I've done and really good stuff I believe yeah, in. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put so, it. So I don't pay a lot of attention I, I, to that. I think and uh, I really don't like the listeners to hear that, and, which is I'm glad you brought it up. And, and, and I'm sure, because I wouldn't have brought that up and it would probably wouldn't have come up today. So I'm really glad you did that as a lesson learning thing. Trends are generally not good ways to handicap, in my opinion. No, no, no doubt. I, you know, actually, uh, you and I tend to agree on that. I've, I know I've talked with you in the past about how I hate when people are like, oh, so-and-so coaches, you know, all-time whatever against this team. I'm like, dude, that's a whole different team than right. it was 10 years ago. Like, who cares yeah. about that, really? I mean, unless, like you said, you can identify that, like, this is why. Right. But, it, unless but it's tough. It's reason. tough to do. Um, you know, I think I'm a little scarred <laughs> from the... The that horrendous Super Bowl that we unless you're a uh, Patriots fan, the horrendous Patriots Rams Super Bowl uh, that was the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. (laughs) I I believe it's the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Just miserable to watch if you love offense like I do. Um, (laughs) uh, So I think I'm a little scarred from that. I think I bet the over hard (laughs) during that Super Bowl. Did you? So I think maybe I'm a little scarred, and that's why I'm so hesitant to bet the over. Maybe you can't let that. But you know what? There's a little thing. Yeah, you're right. You, You can't let your if you're going to bet and win consistently, you clearly cannot right. let your emotions handle uh, how, how you bet games. Um, what about this, Tyler? When, and I want to, yeah. we'll get back to where we were talking, but uh, I just, when we're talking a little of the over under, what stock, if any, do you put into this idea that, uh, cause the trend is, has been the under in a lot of Super Bowls recently. Um, and, and if you're looking at betting trends, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know how many times the under has actually hit. Um, but, I know that the under has hit more often than not recently. Well, last year it it hit. Last year there were 40 total points. Mm -hmm. The over-under was, I think it was like 50. Uh, The year before, the over came in with Kansas City, San Francisco Mm -hmm. at 51. So it, it's it's two and two the last four years. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, because back in 2018, Philadelphia. And this New is England a pretty high over-under, though, is it not? No, it's well. I would have to go back and look, but for Super Bowls, it's it's pretty average. Connor. Okay, yeah, because right. the average over under for an NFL game is uh, forty five and a half. I think it was oh, okay. this year, maybe forty six right. and a half. So actually, it's a it's a little bit over where it is, but it opened up forty nine and went to fifty, and then ticked down to forty eight and a half. Ooh, okay. So yeah, so all right, interesting. We'll see. I mean. The over under is hard for me on this particular matchup because <laughs> because I I could just see it I could just see it going both I, ways. The reason why I like the over and and I, I I'm wrapped up. It will actually put a bow on the and, and wrap up the Cincinnati offense talk here in a second. But I like the over under because I think L A will have success this game and we'll talk about them in just a minute. But I think the Rams will have success this game and I think Cincinnati will either keep up and make it a game and have success as well. Or get behind, kind of like they did against Kansas City, and then you know come back and, and get enough points for me to feel good about the over. So I do lean over, and that line's dropping. But that's why it's it's a combination that I think Cincinnati they can, whether it's coming back from you know coming from behind or keeping up. I believe I believe in that passing offense, 
you know, when they're forced to, I think they can. And I certainly think LA is going to have success. So that's why I lean the over. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's get to the other side of the football. LA's offense versus Cincinnati's defense. Uh, special thanks to Better Edge online, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. We always talk about the reason why the average public better can't win is the VIG, that minus 110, that in the Super Bowl, you'll see a minus 115 out there, a minus 120 occasionally on the other side. And that's what makes it so hard for the average Joe to win. You get on, on after a hard day of work, you want to bet on your favorite team, and you would honestly, over the long run, break even if it weren't for the VIG. Well, Better Edge has gotten rid of the VIG. Risk-free betting exists today, betteredge.com. And a lot of people ask me, how do they do that? How do they have a business if they're not charging a VIG? And it's actually more like stock trading. They just match you up with someone in the country who wants to take the other side of any given bet. You're not paying a VIG. So if you see any line, let's say the line for this was uh, LA minus four, minus 110. Well, the other side of Bengals plus four would be plus 110. So there's no VIG for any given bet. And if you don't like the LA minus four, minus 110, you can name your own price. So you can literally, like you can name your own stock buy price. If the stock doesn't get to that price, you won't buy it for you. Just like if you make a line LA minus one, no one takes it, it won't go through, but you can name your own price. And if anyone in in the US wants to take the other side, they'll take it. This works for over-unders, game lines. It's so much fun. You can do this for... Most sports, I mean, football, baseball, they've added soccer recently. So you can certainly get a lot of cool bets down for the Super Bowl. So online, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, like sports better, edge.com. Put in promo code SHARP when you're signing up. That'll get you a free $10 in your sign up, roll over free. And I'm telling you, you get rid of that VIG, you get rid of that risk, it's worth everyone. Is your wife getting at you for spending a little too much on betting every month, losing that money? Start betting risk-free with Better Edge. Use promo code SHARP. All right, let's get to LA's offense against Cincinnati's defense. Uh, I'll start the same way I did for the other matchup. We'll go Cincinnati's DVOA. So a Cincinnati defensive DVOA, 19th in the NFL. LA Rams offensive DVOA, 8th in the NFL. Yards per play, Cincinnati, 23rd in the NFL defensively. They're allowing 5.6 yards per play. The LA Rams yards per play offensively, number two in the NFL. Connor, I'm going to ask you the same question. General thoughts on the LA Rams offense, and where do you rank them? I, I So, whereas I thought Cincinnati uh, was kind of 9 to 12 range, uh, I kind of put the the Rams in a more of a uh, 6 to 9 range. Wow. Do you want to know where I have the offense ranked overall? Yeah, where? Number 3. Number 3? The LA Rams. And, okay. and look, we talked about the, the volatility and the variance, things like that. And while the defense was more variant than the offense and probably more responsible this season, the offense was still ranked, I think it was 11th or 12th. So, you know, it was still a little bit up and down. And and even though it wasn't as much as ESPN and and those, you know, TV shows made it, I think this offense is very good. And Odell's working in well. I mean, don't you think Odell is... He has. He's been great. Exceeding expectations. He is, absolutely. And by all accounts, he's been a much better teammate here too, so... Winning helps a lot with it that. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> Antonio sure. Brown no was quiet for a year too, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so until he ripped off his shirt and ran away. Exactly. So. God, the memes that were made from that were I just know. my favorite. But uh, neither here nor there. Exactly. But <laughs> all right. So let's look at some player rankings, just like we did uh, for Cincy. Uh, we started off well with their offensive line. We so start. Oh yeah, I thought the, we I started off with the quarterback, possibly. But well, yeah. Let's. Uh, you did actually. We did. Uh, Matthew Stafford in the NFL seventh. In the NFL, and Sounds just to, right. yeah, just let you know the quarterbacks 
uh, in between the two. So Joe Burrow, number one. Then it goes, uh, let's see here. Got to have Rodgers. Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. You want to know who's number six? Uh, go ahead, tell me. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I could see Kirk that. Kirk the jerk. What? This is why I love statistics is... Every you know you know how many people out there say Kirk I ain't no hey man people go got to New a York, lot of Kirk hey, Kirk ain't no good yeah Kirk ain't <laughs> yeah dude Kirk is sixth according to people oh he's been solid this year man I've been uh, uh you it's know on our it? podcast we've talked a little bit about it I'm I'm another that's another player that I'm a believer in I like Kirk I'm a believer in Kirk Cousins and he gets a lot of hate but yeah he's He's good. He's efficient. He, he does his job well. If so. you want to check out Connor's podcast, you can find it on woozmedia.com, W-O-O-Z-E media.com, or just type in Woos Media on the search bar to wherever you're listening now, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever it's called on Google, uh, Apple, iTunes. You can search right there on the search bar, just Woos Media, and uh, find all the podcasts there. All right, uh, so we were at uh, Justin Herbert 4, Aaron Rodgers 5, Kirk Cousins number 6, and then Matthew Stafford yeah, uh, sounds, number 7. Sounds about right, yeah. Uh, all right, more player rankings good. for LA. Let's look at the line here. Uh, starting center, Brian Allen, ninth in the NFL. Uh, their two guards, uh, Austin Corbett, uh, their left guard, 27th. David Edwards, 38th, which, you no, know, 27th, not bad. 38th on the fringe, what we de- you know determined to be pretty good. And then the tackles is where it really gets elite. Andrew Whitworth, left tackle, fourth best tackle in the NFL. Uh, Rob Havenstein, right tackle, number six good in line. the NFL. Whew. I mean, we're not the you know 90 Cowboys good, but it's good. That really is, good offensive line. Oh, man. I mean, look, I didn't, I hadn't gone through those numbers really until just now. Yeah. I mean, I so knew. So we got that, live reaction. Yeah, live reaction. I didn't realize they had two top 10 tackles. I mean, that's big time. That's very good. good That's what we're looking for. And, and, you know, I think that, well, here, let's look at some other player rankings, but I think LA could have a propensity to throw the football more this game because of matchup stuff. Now, I know we talked about keeping it conservative and keeping it on the ground, right? We said that was going to be a major aspect here. Which team is going to do that? But as I said earlier, I believe because, especially because McVay's been here before, he may be willing to be a little bit less conservative, uh, less conservative, a little more risky. And again, some matchup things kind of stand out. Uh, but before we get to that, let's look at some player rankings here again. Odell, uh, 36th out of 118. Now, a lot of that's with with Baker. But as I said, this isolates the, uh, the player. So 36th, a little lower than I would have it or than I would assume that he would be. Uh, Cooper Cup, you want to guess where Cooper is? Uh, well, let's go two. Number one in the uh, NFL. I, I yeah. thought you were going to try to throw me a curveball. <laughs> no. I mean, the obvious answer is one, but I thought you were going to throw me a curveball there. But, I mean, nope. look, Cooper Cup gets used all the time. Oh, I, was, I, I was looking at past targets. Oh, he's, a, he's a target hog. Oh, right, so lo- let's go back the last couple of weeks, the regular season. So uh, week 16, uh, Cooper Cup, 13 targets. Next player, Odell with eight. A week before, Cooper Cup, 12 targets. Next player with six. A week before that, Cooper Cup, 17 targets, caught 15 of them. Uh, next player was Odell with seven. Week before that, Cooper Cup with 10. Next player with eight. Uh, so, I mean, every week. It's Hel- just consistent. Helped he just me and a him. lot of your listeners out there win fantasy football this well, year. Well, for sure. And, and that's why those kind of players are so great for fantasy because there's nothing the other team can do to really scheme. He's matchup down. prone. I yeah, mean, exactly. He's, he's, he's matchup proof. It so, doesn't matter. He's going to get the looks. So, I mean, that factors into here, obviously. Look, and if you want to bet the over-unders with Cooper Cup, you want to bet the touchdown props, if you want to get on Thrive Fantasy, t- well, that's a great thing about Thrive Fantasy. Those numbers are cemented in. So those don't move. 
So that's great. But if you want to make these on, you know, any any sports book, you got to get these in. Get those puppets in. They're going to move, I'm telling you. Uh, okay, let's get back to the offensive ratings. Um, uh, Robert Woods, you don't matter in this. Sorry. Van Jefferson, 99th. And, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the players who they have eligible, right? So, uh, halfback, Sony Michelle, 50th. Daryl Henderson, 34th. Uh, Tyler Higby, tight end, nineteenth. He's had a good season. So, and is he uh, is he in? Do we know from injury? He got I'm injured. Not sure. I don't know. You know, he came back in. He's gonna be in. Okay, he'll be in. Okay. Um. So those are the offensive player rankings for. Uh, uh, what the, about uh? Did, did you say Sony Michelle? Sony Sony. You think Sony plays PlayStation or Xbox? Sony well, Michelle. I would hope his PlayStation, I mean, considering his name. Exactly. Right. It's, you figure fiftieth. You fiftieth. Know, fiftieth in the. Wow. See, I always think uh, I always think Cam Akers should change his name to Microsoft Akers. Mm. You know, <laughs> then they could have a Sony Microsoft Microsoft uh, uh, you know like rivalry. That. I like but that. I'm all right. Hey, oh, here I think hey. we got some sound effects over here. Honestly, somewhere, <laughs> do we have a but I'm. I don't know. I'm hearing no. nothing but the laughs. All right. Here, this is more your style. Let's see. It's all mixed up over here. Oh wow! I would assume that plays whenever you like get on stage to do comedy. Yeah, something like that. I'm kind of <laughs> like the Joker in that movie when he just gets up on stage and laughs, and everyone <laughs>, laughs at him. This is this is the sound effect for this show. There we go. All right, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do for you out there. Exactly. That's what that's what you get when you listen to Tyler Walgie over here. Hell yeah! All right. So let's get to all right. We got the player rankings. Uh, receivers. So, which do you think that they try and shut down Cooper Cup? Do you think they try and do what no team has done before, <laughs> and uh, of like course double they... him, and or or do they go double Odell, piss Odell off? Because also maybe here's the mental fact. Here's what I would do if I'm coaching the Cincinnati defense. You double Odell because one thing that Sean McVay seemed to know early on is yeah they want to use Odell for his talent, but also you know what Odell does when he doesn't get the ball. Okay, he turns into Antonio Brown a little bit. He's got a little AB in him. Okay, a little bit of AB. <laughs> so. If if let's say he gets targeted three times in the first half, doesn't have a catch, it's not going to be a very pleasant halftime. And if I'm Cincinnati's coach, I want to double Odell, get physical at the line of scrimmage with him, and maybe you know now we get into second level thinking. And if I'm Sean McVay, I'm going okay. If they're going to do that, if I'm preparing I'm for have that, Cooper then, Cup rip you to shreds, or or, or you, then you get Odell in, or, or in you the game with some Van handoffs, over or, or you get, yeah, yeah or, or things like that, some jet sweeps going exactly. On. So. Now we're just getting into yeah. second and third level thinking, a little, little poker talk here. Now you know I would anticipate that they're gonna they're gonna shadow Cooper Cup. I would anticipate that, and and that's nothing new. That's what's been happening all year with him, and it hasn't stopped him. You've actually I don't know if you if you watch some of these these Rams games, uh, it sometimes takes with all that's been said, rightfully so, about how many targets and just the production that Cooper Cup has had. He's had some slow starts. Um, it, it's it's happened for whatever reason. He sometimes gets off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, and uh, well, I, but but I mean, look, that could, a lot of that could be game plan. In every game, is you know you want to set stuff up, so they could be using a lot of those first quarter, second quarter things to eventually set. So I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, to you know, yeah, set no later passes up or later plays up to Cooper Cup. I'm not sure, but. Uh, look, I, I look for Cooper Cup to have a big game here, just like always. I mean, you're, they're not going to stop. Nothing you're going to do, I think, is going to stop this matchup from Cooper Cup producing numbers. Right. I really now, granted, I, that does not mean just to just to put it out there. That does not mean take the over on Cooper Cup automatically. We obviously don't know the price on that yet, and uh, stuff like see, that. Actually, but. as we speak, it looks like they just opened up a couple. I don't see yards though on here. Hmm. They they have targets. Okay. 
Let's see. Unless do they have receiving props? No. So all right. So this is on Bet Online. And by the way, I don't want to plug any of these offshore accounts, but uh, really, Bet Online and Bovada are generally going to be the the two that you're going to want to find a lot of these props on. Um, they have targets, and Cooper Cup is twelve and a half. So I mean, look until we get some concrete numbers with over unders or yards. Right, it's going to be tough to really yeah, dive into but, that. But no, I, I you know I, I see Cooper Cup having a, having a game. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I like Cooper Cup for MVP this game. I'll say that. Well, get the bet in now. I mean, yeah. let's see what the line's done real quick. I've got this Super Bowl can, MVP. Can I explain to you really quick my thinking on that? Yeah, yeah. so it's, it, it, it's around plus five. Yeah, well, you can get 550 still out there if you look. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so here's my thinking. It might be it might be a little out here. You tell me, Tyler, if this is good logic or if, it, if, or, or if I'm square, right? Is this sharp logic or square logic? You tell us, okay? Uh, so my thinking is... If the Rams win, which I like them to win this game, then obviously one of them is going to be the MVP. Obviously, the easy route to go, right? The, the most likely is the quarterback, Matt Stafford, right? But if Matt Stafford's putting up numbers, you can darn bet that Cooper Cup's going to be putting up numbers, right? I could see because Cooper Cup, who, who on this Rams offense has been in the MVP discussion a little bit? Now, he's not going to get it. But Cooper Cup has been talked about as the MVP all yeah. year. There's been buzz about it, him having this historic season, right? I could see because he's not getting the NFL MVP and everybody knows it. I could see that swaying the decision just a little bit from the people who make this choice and saying, "Hey, we're gonna give him the if he if he throws out you know 120 yards and a touchdown or something like that." Okay. I could see them giving okay. a little bit of sway, saying, "Yeah, you're not gonna get the NFL MVP, but you just won the Super Bowl, played a huge role in it. We're gonna give you the MVP." All I could right. see it. All right. So as I've talked about, and go listen to my show on uh, I think it was. Uh, Tuesday of this week talked about uh, multi-way markets. If you know what the price should be, then I think it's a good bet. Connor, let's talk through this quickly. Okay, uh, the current line, average market line plus five fifty, implies a fifteen and a half hit percent. Okay, so if you, if anyone out there thinks Cooper Cup will win sixteen percent of the time or more, this is a good bet. You make the bet. Um, now, Connor mentioned a big factor in there. If LA wins, because yeah, if, if they if. don't win, zero. This is then it's zero <laughs> percent. Yeah. So that's the thing is is you know the the current money line is implying about a 64 percent win percentage for LA. I agree. I think LA wins. So look, if they win, the question then becomes you know so that's why the math on here gets fuzzy because mm. you start incorporating money line into this and have to f- factor that in. But look, let's let's be super super conservative. And say it's a 50-50 coin flip for, for who's going to win this game, okay? Which obviously it's not. LA's the big favorite. Then Cooper Cup would move to around uh, uh, 30 to maybe 33% if you make adjustments to his own team. So that's about a third of the time he would win it on his own team. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's light? See, I think that is so... Mm. I think that is so expensive. It is. It is. If you really think about it, when you look at the numbers, exactly. Matt Stafford would win it. I think seven out of ten times on his own. Probably, yeah, probably not two out of three. You know, maybe even eight out of ten. Okay, so we're talking about the difference in here from seventy-five to eighty percent, and and they're charging as if he's going to win it. And then you got to also consider if it's a close game and there's like a big turnover touchdown, like a pick six or something. Like there's all those other factors that could happen, right? Exactly. Um, So so that's the thing is when you break it down and look at what that actually says, what that line is saying is okay. 
it, it seems a lot to bet into. It is. Know? It is. See, so but, this but is why expensive. we have Tyler. This is why Tyler helps all of us uh, over here go through the math and think. Just think about our bets a little bit. Yeah, now, I love that's what I love what you do on your show about how it's much less about what you would do always and much more about like, hey, if this is what you want to do, this is the type of way you should think about it. So exactly. And as I've it. said to the audience, hey, go make a first touchdown bet. Go do it. As long as you know the math and as long as you listen to sports betting daily and the other 364 days you're not going to make those bets go have some fun it is guess what i'm going to vegas here in about a week for the super bowl i might play a little roulette does roulette have the best odds in vegas hell no they don't <laughs> i know that going in but i have some fun with my buddies fun, you know 23 Maybe red some pizza money exactly. going on, you know. a little black right. let's go so All hey right. i understand that's how it goes if you know the math going in, have some fun. But yeah, Cooper Cup plus 550. Okay. All right. Well, let's get off of that. I will say expensive. I do like Cooper Cup to have a big game, though. Okay. I do. I do like him to have a good game. All right. Let's talk about some uh, uh, schematic things here. Matt Stafford, when you talk about offensive efficiency and efficiency from the quarterback position, Matt Stafford against the man, against man-to-man defense this year, top five quarterback. Ooh. One of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. Zone defenses, he drops to a bottom 10 quarterback. Wow. Okay. It's one of the biggest disparities That's in any quarterback in the league. Hmm. Last week, Cincinnati first half against Patrick Mahomes. What did they do? Played man-to-man, got burned. Second half, halftime adjustment. What did they do? Rush three, sometimes four, played a zone. Gave Mahomes fits. So if it, what that proves to me is that they can make those adjustments and can effectively play zone defense. That matters this game. Now, Last game, the Rams saw a lot of zone, and Matt Stafford proved he can kind of work his way out of that. So I think they're working past that, and teams made the adjustment for L.A. through the season, but that matters with with Matt Stafford. If he sees zone defense, Cincinnati could frustrate him. The the likeliness, I think, for a turnover is much higher, and it's not like the coaches for Mm. Cincinnati don't know these stats as well. So when you're watching... Look for that in terms of live betting. If for some reason they come out and they're playing man-to-man, which again, I don't think would necessarily be the case. These coaches are smarter than we are with this stuff. But if for some reason they do, look for Matt Stafford to maybe uh, maybe bet the team over for the first quarter or uh, player props. They're going to have maybe quarter over-unders for yards. So uh, I think that that's a big deal. Man-to-man against zone defense. And the fact that Cincinnati yeah, showed that, they can play it. That's interesting. Uh, Cincinnati's secondary also, according to PFF, ranks 11th overall. So it's not like these... It's a bad secondary. It's not a bad secondary. It doesn't get a lot of turnovers in terms of. But but, but, but you know what? Interceptions, as I know you've mentioned before, and uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into an interception. It's they're not largely luck. A lot of luck. They really are. It, so they really are. That that that. Uh, you know what's counted as an interception in all stats? The last play of the game when San or last play of San Francisco's offense last week when Jimmy G in desperation threw it. It was tipped, and then the defender caught it. That counts as an interception. Okay, right. so you know, you gotta look past the stats sometimes. All right, um, so we talked about Matt Stafford, zone versus man to man. That's a big deal in this game, but I thought Matt Stafford, the way he ended the season in the playoffs when he's seen zone, I believe they've broken sort of a lot of those stats that used to matter in terms of efficiency. So I think that it, that is a little different going into this game. I don't think they're still necessarily a bottom ten team in the NFL. Um, and Cincinnati likes to play a lot of man-to-man if they had their way. I mean, Cincinnati would play that w- if they had their way. Right, they if, would play if, man-to-man right. absolutely. That's there. But here's the thing, okay? I don't want to use one game sample size last week as Cincinnati right. having this amazing zone defense. And I looked into it, and a, 
and this year, teams figured it out. In losses, Cincinnati saw the pass an average of seven more times. They saw a, a, a pass per game. So teams learn, you throw it against them, you, you have a chance to beat them. And in terms of snaps or plays, Cincinnati faced 339 rushes this year. That's 29th in the NFL. Compared to passes, they saw 579 passes. That's third in the NFL. They faced a lot of passes. Now you may say, well, Tyler, they won. A lot of those came in the losses, as we just said. Certainly a substantial amount more. And they scored a lot of wins. They scored a good amount of points, so teams are having to kind of catch up with them, you know? Yeah. But again, I mean, Cincinnati's defense, I think that they, look, uh, again, 18th or 19th in, in total DVOA. They're 23rd in yards per play. I think this defense is not fantastic. And I think that even if they showed last week, second half, that's the one thing we don't want to do on this show, overreact sample size, overreact to one game, one half, where I think, as I said earlier, a lot of that was Mahomes in the locker room and and, and Andy Reid and what they thought about the end of the first half and that they had maybe thought they had it wrapped up. It was more Kansas City than it was Cincy to me. So I just think we have an elite offense here going against a questionable defense. That's why I believe the over is still in play because I think Cincinnati or I think LA has their success. I think both Cooper Cup and frankly I think Odell will have a success as well. They're going to pass like everyone has passed on Cincy this year when they on Cincy this year when they've had success and they're going to be able to run the football. Like, that's what we never they talk will. about they is will. LA will be able to run the football. And Cincinnati has given up uh, Cincinnati has given up 100 or more rushing yards in seven of their last games. Um, and seven of their last uh, how many games? Seven of their last eight. Okay. The wow. opponents have gone over the century mark on rushing. Um, you bet your <laughs> you you bet that uh, McVeigh is going to know that. You know what I mean? He's gonna he's yeah. gonna take a look at that. And I so, think so. See, McVay likes to run the football. Right. He. I mean, he does. He. He's a. He. He likes to run the football. And and man, I know. Hey, I. I. I am not gonna you know, claim that like those, those numbers you brought up are very significant and I'm not going to diminish them, but it's why the over under just gives me so much pause is because sure. I could see a game plan where McVeigh comes out trying to exploit that weakness where Cincinnati recently has not been able to stop the run. Well, let, let, let's look at some of these defensive line rankings. So they have one player, DJ reader ninth overall in the NFL D line. Besides that, I mean, there's not a player in the top. Well, BJ Hill, 20th, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Larry, Ongujobi, 95th. He's played the most snaps of anyone on the D-line. Sam Hubbard, edge rusher, 49th. Trey Henderson, 26th. Uh, Cameron Sample, 101st out of 109. He's an interior interior defender. So these are uh, Josh Tupo, 75th. XCU buff right there. But um, that's not great. And, no, and, and no. they're not look, – you look at the line, advantage-disadvantage, Cincinnati, their defensive line, L.A. Rams' offensive line, we already talked about that, uh, big mismatch there. So, you know, you keep looking at the ways that, that this game can go. And I, that's why I'm on L.A. And I'll talk in, in a second how I would attack that if I were you, if you haven't made your bet yet, which I'm assuming you haven't. But I think L.A. has a lot of ways to win this game, and I think Cincinnati has very few ways uh, to win this game. Uh, the LA Rams 14th in pass attempts, so that just you know proves right there they're not married to the pass. They will if they can, but I think Sean McVay again, maybe a little less conservative than first Super Bowl he was at, but especially because he's got a uh, uh, you know Stafford instead of Jared Goff, obviously. Right. So I just don't think they can do much to slow down the Rams in terms of Cincinnati's no, defense. All I don't right, think so either. Um, quarterback discussion. We kind of had this already. Who do you think the better quarterback is? I know that may seem like an obvious answer, but Joe Burrow is in his second season. 
Matt Staff Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow, I think they have the same amount of playoff wins in their career. Is that right? Hmm. Yeah, they're I both they're both that, the yeah, four seed. That seems like it'd be yeah, right. I think it is. I think that yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is so Joe Burrow's first in PFF. I mean, is Joe Burrow a better quarterback than Matt Stafford? Most people would say, no, probably not. But I mean, the stats say, uh, is he a better quarterback? Maybe. Hey, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Maybe he's a better quarterback. Uh, will he perform better in the biggest stage in his first Super Bowl? I'm not sure. I, I, I think there's something to be said, too. And I know that sometimes these, these are hard to quantify. But there's something to be said about Matt Stafford having that veteran presence, right? He's been in this league for a long time, and he hasn't tasted this yet. You know what I mean? Right. He hasn't got there yet, and he's finally here. He moves to the you know, gets traded to the Rams, and this is his shot. Like, P- Matt Stafford is is what, top 15 passing of all time in terms of just raw yards, right? I mean, he's up there. He kind of is on this fringe, like, where people will talk about him, like, is he his legacy, right? He's on this fringe where some people are like, oh, Matt Stafford's great. Some people are like, ah, he's just this all right quarterback. Like, this is his chance to cement his legacy. And, and so in this particular game, I'm taking Matt Stafford as the better quarterback for this game, I, I believe. Yeah, I just wanted to pose it. I just wanted to see yeah, what you said, because I think it's a it's, much better discussion no, it, or debate. It is. Than, it's, it's much closer than so many people. Yeah. Then, you know, the national media out there will, will have you believe. I mean, look, I'm betting on Stafford this game, but uh, Joe Burrow. And I mean, and look, I was not a Joe Burrow real believer until I started doing the handicapping for this game. Until I dove in for the Super really, Bowl, really, really, really do- deep for the Super Bowl, I'm like, no, Joe Burrow, I was always a seller, always a seller, and I'm like, this guy may be next level. He just may have that, that it factor. I like him. I like it. I know. All right, so one more factor before we talk about what the line should be, and then we'll quickly talk about some prop bets and then get out of here. Uh, and then we, we do also have to hear what the Ryan Elliott has to say, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, plug that into the show. Um, okay, so after all that, oh, one more stat here. Uh, penalties. These are two of the fewest penalized teams in the NFL. Hmm. L.A., Good. second least penalized team. Cincinnati, fourth least penalized team. So not a lot of penalties here if you're looking at penalty props. All right, so what should the line for this game be? According to my power rankings that I use, I have the L.A. Rams 6.8 points better than average, uh, which would be good for, I think, third or fourth in the NFL. I've got Cincinnati 2.7 points better than average, good for, uh, I think, ninth in the NFL. Uh, that makes L.A. Rams 4.1 points better than Cincy. We had agreed on a one-point home field advantage. My line for this game, L.A. Rams minus 5.1. Pro Football Focus and their power ratings, they have the L.A. Rams 7.2 uh, points better than average. They have Cincinnati 3.8 points better than average. That would make L.A. Rams on a neutral field minus 3.4. We add in our one point for home field. Pro Football Focus's line is LA Rams minus 4.4. Let's call it four and a half. And then last here, I have an online blend, online trusted sources that I use or trust. Uh, LA Rams, 5.8 points better than average. Cincinnati, 2.5 points better than average. That would make the LA Rams 3.3 point favorites. Add in our one point for home field. That would make the LA Rams, according to the online blend, uh, 4.3 point favorites at home. I know that was a lot of numbers, but uh, generally what we got there, my my line, LA Rams, 5.1 point favorites, minus 5.1. Uh, Pro Football Focus, what the line is right now, LA Rams minus 4.5. And then the online blend, LA Rams minus 4.3. 
Um, now, how do you attack this game? If you want to bet on the Bengals, uh, I would wait because all indications are that line's moving up. It's gone from three and a half to four. It's ticked up to four and a half. And I haven't really seen a huge wave come in yet on Cincinnati. So uh, it, go ahead, Connor. Although I, I would just, I, I, I feel like sometimes what you see with casual bettors who don't bet until like the last possible second, right? Which is they, a lot of bet, people. Uh, which is a lot of people. Day out of there. the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. I think you tend to see a lot, and you see this a lot with big fights, right? You see this a lot with big time boxing matches or big time UFC fights. Uh, there's a a big hesitation on the part of the casual betting public to bet the money line on like a minus 200 price point. And so I could see a situation where you're seeing a whole bunch of kind of last day bets come in on Cincinnati money lines, seeing that plus 170, right? And I, you know, I know a lot of people see that number and they're like, oh yeah, I want to bet 100 to yeah. win 170. You know what I mean? So, so I that's know, I actually, that happening. that's the sharpest thing you've said all day. Oh, there we go. That happens all the time in big games. Super Bowl, college football championship, uh, any any the NBA finals, any big game that happens. So let's talk about that because if you're going to bet the LA Rams, I well, let's start first with Cincinnati. If you're going to bet Cincinnati, you know, like I said, uh, if you want the spread, spread. the uh, four and a half, I would wait, but well, I don't think there's any reason to rush to it. You know, I think it's going to take up, and if anything, you can maybe get five. However, if you see on a couple websites, it starts going down to four, and it maybe starts trickling down. You want to make that bet because four and a half is certainly a lot more valuable than four, okay? And five is kind of a dead number. So if you are really hesitant on the spread and you don't know whether you should take the Bengals now at four and a half or wait, Honestly, just make it now for the peace of mind, but you may be able to get minus 105 or an even money bet, which is worth a lot. So I would stay, you know, and we're recording this again on uh, when or Thursday, uh, February 3rd. So it's a little early in the process, but I, w- I would say as of now, and stay tuned. You know, I'll talk about this tomorrow. That's why we have a daily show here, but you can still probably hold off on a little bit if you like the spread for the Bengals. Now, if you like the money line for the Bengals, like Connor just said, I would, you know, you know, it's funny because I would actually take it right now because it's going to go down yeah, because too. so much money is going to come in on the squares who don't want to take that three and say, oh, Bengals, I can pay whatever it is for plus 170, I pay 100 to win 170. That's going to happen. So you want to take Bengals money line right now if you want the Bengals ASAP. And if you want the Rams money line, money line, you want to wait mm-hmm. now. What I did was I actually bet the Rams money line right when this thing opened up, and I got them at minus 175. Now, I don't think that'll get down there again, but you know what I think it'll maybe get down to? Maybe minus 180, minus 185, mm-hmm. for the reason that Connor said. Again, that's the sharpest thing you've said on any podcast I've ever done with you. Now, here's what <laughs> happens. The public, as, as Connor kind of noted, they will skew the money line. So so you were certainly getting down the right path. Now, here, here's why it happens. It's because the money line and the spread work independently of one another. A lot of, Now, you can tell historically that like a minus three favorite should be about minus 155, minus 160. We know that historically, okay? But if you have a minus three favorite and everyone's betting on the money line, the money line will move independent, independent of the line. You can have a minus three with instead of a minus 160 favorite, maybe they're minus 180. 
I mean, seriously, you get that big of a discrepancy, maybe minus 185 if everyone's betting money line. So in the Super Bowl, if you get a ton of square action, which you will, especially on game day, especially the Saturday before on Cincinnati, what you're going to see is a skewed representation of what the true winning percentage and the true payout should be. So if you wait till game day and take Cincinnati money line, you're actually giving up probably about eight to 10 cents in value compared to if you want to take LA money line, you want to wait until last second. You want to wait till five minutes before the game kicks off and take him to maximize your value. So that that's a great point. If you want LA money line, you wait until the game is, is going. And by the way, I also think that with projections for this game, we could see maybe a close game. I'm, I'm projecting a lot of these outcomes could be closer than not. Look, the spread's four and a half for a reason. If sharp betters disagree, the spread would be seven. You know, it would be higher than that. So the money line, I also believe for that reason, is worth more in this game. And I would advise everyone taking LA up to minus 185 for the money line. I think that's like the buy price to where I think you'll be able to get that on game day because so much Cincinnati money will come in. And again, this is all predicated on what we think will happen with the money splits and things like that. So overall, our line, LA minus five and a, or minus 5.1, PFS line minus 4.5, and, and the online blend just under 4.5. If you're going to bet the Rams money line, wait till game day. If you're going to bet the Rams spread, that one's tricky. I really wouldn't recommend betting the spread at all. To be honest, I mean, if you can wait and bet the money line, that's I, I would do that. And if you see the line start to go anywhere, I, I would hop on whatever side you like and, and do that. Keep an eye on the screen, okay? Look every, listen to the podcast every day. Uh, go to your favorite sports book every day. Maybe go to a couple and see what the lines are doing. Because if lines start to move, you want to get on whatever side has the best price for your preference. But and it's because look, I don't really know where the sharp sharp money is going to come this game. Because you have to ask yourself. The limits right now are still low enough to where a lot of the syndicates who bet a million, two million a game don't don't want to bother or bet or show their hand. But the betters who can still bet maybe a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand a game are involved. So if you're betting two hundred thousand a game and you think there's value on LA minus four and a half, why haven't you bet that yet? Mm-hmm. Like why aren't they moving it yet? Right. So that's a kind of a weird sign to me that maybe there are sharps that are you know with the big money that are waiting to bet the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And waiting for because there, there's no hoping, re- hoping it gets up to like five or right. Like, like, there's there's really no reason I think to bet the Bengals right now. I think right. you wait you wait with the spread. So maybe if, if you do like the LA spread, you know I mean again it's it's it, it's tough to project where that money's going to come in. I, I don't I don't love four and a half anyway. I would hold off. And look, there's a lot better, so many better bets in the Super Bowl than the main bet. That's what everyone wants. Well, it's not it's like the spread. spread's going to move through one of those key numbers, like three, six, oh, seven. You God. know what I mean? It's not going to move going through. anywhere. It, yeah. The lowest it's going to go is back to three and a half, which I don't think oh, is going to yeah. happen. And the highest it's going to go is probably five and a half or six, maybe six. But I don't even think that's going to. That happen. would shock me. Yeah, it would shock me too. So we're working with numbers that, that are, you know, pretty dead here. There were, you don't get a lot of fives that matter, four and a halves that matter. But, you know, maybe I'll have a little bit more of an opinion on that in the, in the next couple of days. But if you like LA right now, and don't buy the half point, for God's sakes. Don't just say, I'm going to buy it to four and pay. You know, if you want to buy four and a half to four in a game like this, if they're, if they're charging eight cents, it's worth it because it's probably worth about eight cents. You know, that's probably fair. If it's ten cents, it's overpriced. So don't don't be buying half points here. Um, so I like LA. I would advise to buy the money line day of the game, and a one eighty five is my buy price. 
Um, let's go Rams. I'm, I'm taking them on that. And uh, I, I, I certainly lean over. It's not as strong of a bet, but I do lean over. Um, but there's a lot of other, you know, in my opinion, much more profitable bets to make during the Super Bowl. And those are prop bets. And we'll get to those in just a minute. But uh, first, let's play back my conversation with Woos Media NFL expert and uh, great NFL handicapper, Ryan Elliott. Uh, this guy knows his stuff with the NFL. I caught up with him yesterday, talked to him on uh, February 2nd, and uh, saw what he thought about the Super Bowl. Let's play that back right now. All right, let's let's waste no more time. The man, the myth, Ryan Elliott. I haven't seen him in studio for years. I don't even know if... Ryan, I don't even know if you're a real person anymore. Maybe we're in a simulation and you're just like some figment of the Woo's media reality and you're not a real person because I haven't seen you in a long this, time. This is the Matrix. This is the Matrix. It feels like the Matrix. How have you been? The Woo's Studios misses you. How have you been? I, I've been great, Tyler. I'm, I'm happy to be able to at least join in on a call today with you and and uh talk some sports talk some shop and uh luckily i'm i'm inside today in colorado where it's about 10 degrees outside it's, it's freezing it's, it's, so it's cold trying to stay warm it's snowed today it's freezing i was out shoveling did you shovel today i shoveled yeah you gotta See, shovel you strike me as a snowblower kind of guy i think you know, in, a, in about ten years, I will be <laughs> I will be down that path. But it's a good form of exercise. But let me tell you, I nothing makes you feel older than shoveling. I, I came back inside. My back is all sore. My I'm back like, as well. Oh my yep. gosh! Yep, <laughs> yep. The back is definitely sore after that one. It's like, oh god, yeah. I forgot how much this was. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, let's get to it. Super Bowl. This is a big Super Bowl special, and uh, before we get to the matchup and what we think of the actual game, uh, NFC, AFC championships, did you have any takeaways from either game? Uh, anything that kind of stuck out to you from uh, last weekend? Yeah, I think, you know, Chiefs getting off to that hot start, um, you can just kind of feel like this is going to be one of those blowouts that you usually typically see in the conference championship games, I feel like the past few years either the AFC or the NFC game, one of them is going to be a little lopsided. So it started to feel like that. And then, and then the Joey Burrow magic just keeps, <laughs> keeps pumping through. <laughs> uh, but what, but really what I took away from that game was the second half when the Bengals were just dropping eight deep on, on every defensive play. It was pretty alarming that Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes could not adjust and could not get anything going offensively in the second half. And I don't know if that's a cause for concern for down the road. If, if you know, Andy Reid maybe is losing his his luster there and and a coaching change will be in the future. But uh, that was my biggest takeaway from the AFC championship game there. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Uh, and obviously the NFC championship, you know, L.A. finally breaking through after six consecutive losses to uh, San Fran. Yeah. So got to feel good about that. You know, obviously we're in Denver, so we get to see our boy Vaughn in the Super Bowl once again. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for Vaughn there. Um, and I've always had a lot of respect for Matt Stafford, you know, spending so many years with Detroit and just with terrible teams and being able to produce the way he has and now getting a chance in LA with some actual uh, weapons and an offensive line. It's, it's been fun to watch him and um, he's someone you can definitely root for. 
All right. Uh, once again, we're talking to Ryan Elliott, uh, pro better NFL insider for Woos Media. Uh, now, Ryan, I've known you for a while, and you seem to me like you would be a Joe Burrow fanboy. And uh, I just heard you say some good things about uh, Matt Stafford, but uh, in terms of the Joe Burrow status, where are you with uh, with with Joe Burrow? How can you not love a guy like <laughs> Joe Burrow? <laughs> you I mean, seem like the- you would be his number one fan. <laughs> like, like that's what- yeah. The kid, I mean, you know, he's overlooked and at Ohio State, goes to LSU, uh, just does a great job there, wins the national championship, a Heisman Trophy, um, and. For being a number one overall pick, it's just like usually you don't root for those guys, but this is one of those kids. You just the Joey Burrow magic. You just want to pull for a kid like him. So <laughs> he's been a lot of fun to watch, and and I do think he's actually a really good quarterback. And I think um, I don't want to make like any crazy outlandish comparisons to Tom Brady, but he does have some Tom Brady esque qualities in him. Just a champion, a fighter. Um, and, and even in his play, his pocket presence and throwing the ball down the field, it's its impressive. All right, so the line opened up three and a half. It was available for about five minutes. Uh, moved to four, currently sitting four and a half. Money line right around uh, minus 200. So what do you think about the line, and what do you think about this uh, matchup? Now, here, keep in mind for, for the audience, we are recording this on uh, Wednesday, February 2nd. And the actual Super Bowl show, I think, is going to come out uh, Thursday or Friday of this week. So if there's any news that comes out the week of the Super Bowl or the weekend of, things like that, you know, obviously we're looking a little bit ahead here. But, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the spread and the overall matchup for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, the line opened up and I I felt it was pretty soft. Um, honestly, the three and a half, I think we're not – I don't know if we're – Factoring in, this is a home field game for for Los Angeles. This is in their their home stadium, and I know you can make the case that this this is the Super Bowl, right? Like it's a totally different game and everything. But to have to have that um, comfortability being in your own stadium, you know, having a similar routine that you would have in a regular season game, I think that is a big. Um, a big help, a big aid for the Rams. So do you think um, the home think field is worth more this game for the Rams than home field would be on an average weekend for for LA? Because last yeah, week, because I, last weekend with San Fran, they didn't have a home field advantage mm-hmm. at all. But you, maybe you yeah, could say that Cincinnati's, right. you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that as far as like a crowd standpoint, it will probably be pretty even, maybe slightly to the Rams just because it's uh, – less of travel for, for Rams fans, but um, I just think it's just being being able to have a similar routine that you would go through throughout the regular season in such a big game. Um, that, for that's important. Some, some guys, yeah, for some guys who have never been in this position, um, you know, so you got a guy like Joe Burrow, who this guy's a champion, so that might not affect him, but other guys on the Bengals who, um, you know, aren't, aren't quite ready for this uh this stage you want to be able to lean on on something that is similar okay but hold so on hold on right, right so let's talk about this for a second because let's go a little bit mm-hmm. in depth here and this is you know what we want to do the home field advantage is 
I think it'd be a little bit, a little more, because like you said, they're playing in their own stadium. And I do believe that we're going to see a pro LA corporate fan base because the people who are corporate who are going largely are going to be from the LA, even San Francisco area. San Francisco would have had a lot of fans there. So I think they're going to pull for the NFC slash California team. And I think that local fans in, in LA who do have a lot of money will be going to this game. So I think that that's going to be a big deal. Now, there's going to be a ton of Cincy fans who are splurging. First time they've been here in decades, you know, biggest game potentially in the history of the franchise. But these are $1,000 tickets. I'm not sure there's going to be that many fans going to even make a difference. Okay. So let's make that known first is I don't know if we're even talking that negligible of a difference, maybe 0.2 to 0.3 points of difference based on this conversation. Right? I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because a lot of these tickets are corporate anyway. So last week, if the fans didn't show up in droves, not necessarily sure it's going to be a huge advantage for LA this week. And Ryan, keep in mind, the AFC gets home home field for this game. So LA is not going to be in their own locker room. The Bengals will be in the home locker room for this game. So it's a little bit of a different feel for the Rams in terms of the approach. It's not the exact same. So having said that, you know, I, I don't think we should upgrade too much for home field given those uh, or given what we just uh, talked about. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point with the uh, Bengals being the home team, uh, defining the home team because of the AFC coming in here. So that, that is a great point. And I wouldn't give too much of an upgrade. I just think uh, that half point and you saw the move to four, might, it might be worth close to that. All right, so uh, let, 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 let's move on. Think what you think. Uh, see what you think about yeah. the matchup um, overall. How, yeah, do you, that, how do you kind of see this game uh, playing out? I see both teams uh, wanting to wanting to get off to a hot start. Uh, both teams are able to throw the ball well. Um, they rank pretty even as far as uh, DVOA goes, um, just above average for both teams. Um, I I really just see. The Rams' defensive line taking control of the game, and and I know that's kind of mainstream and what everyone's talking about, but it's just it's hard to ignore the numbers that this Rams defense ranked sixth in DVOA. Their D line ranked um, eighth in uh, passing defense. Um, getting to the quarterback fifty times this year, going up up against that uh, Bengals O line, shoddy O line. 31 against the, the pass, um, giving up lots of sacks. Joe Burrow looks okay, um, you know, being pressured this throughout the playoffs, but it's just, it's just a different animal when you got Von Miller and Aaron Donald coming at you. And I think that's where we're going to see uh, the biggest discrepancy in this game, and that's where the game's going to be won. And, and that's why I really like the Rams at minus four, too. Yeah, uh, you know, I am definitely on the Rams. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go too in-depth here with you. Obviously, I'm doing a whole show about it uh, outside this interview, but I agree. You know, I think the Rams are, they do have an advantage there with the D-line. I also think it's, if Sean McVay does the right thing and puts the offense in the right spot, which I believe the right spot this game is conservative offense, not letting Matt Stafford throw that many times. Keep in mind, Matt Stafford... When he sees man-to-man, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. When he sees his own, in terms of efficiency, he drops to a bottom-10 quarterback. So last week, 
what worked for Cincy. First half, man-to-man got burned, obviously. Second half, started blitzing three, dropped back into a zone, really confused Pat, Pat Mahomes. So I think that they have what it takes. If the Rams want to throw, 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 to potentially slow them down a little bit, get some turnovers. I just don't think that's going to be the case or the game plan. And I do like the Rams. And on top of that, Ryan, let me know what you think about this. I want to get your reaction to <clears throat> my thoughts on Cincy because I believe Cincy is the most overrated. No, no, no. Let's not say overrated because I think they're properly rated somewhat in the market. I think they are, in my power rankings, the lowest rated team in about the last 10 years to play in the Super Bowl. I think they're a bit fraudulent. They got outgained by the Raiders. They got outgained by the Titans. You know, last week you could make a you could really make an argument that the second half was so much more about Kansas City not playing well, losing focus, being being conservative than you could about the Bengals having this amazing second half. So I personally think that you know they're not. Uh, this great powerhouse team who got hot at the right time. I think they may be a little bit fraudulent. What do you think about that? 100% agree with you there. It, the Bengals right now, it's just, they're getting a lot of hype. It's just a fun story, a Cinderella story type story, right? They're coming in uh, underdogs. No one believed in them. They just keep winning games, but they weren't 100% our fraudulent team. They, they had went up against um, the 31, 31st ranked, uh, DVOA schedule, meaning teams they played defensively, DVOA were horrible. Right. Um, that's all season long. So, and then you give their their consistency. They're very inconsistent team. Um, it, it, when they're when they're exploding, they're exploding. They're getting big plays. Chase is on fire. If that doesn't happen, they kind of shut down and they're not producing like you know like we are expecting. Um, and 100% agree with, with last week that it wasn't necessarily a Bengals win as much as it was a Kansas City Chiefs loss. It is a fraudulent team. They're going to get exposed in the Super Bowl. I think uh, slight coaching advantage to the Rams with Sean McVay. And, and again, it comes down to the defensive presence that the Rams, uh, the Rams have. And it's just going to be too much overall. Uh, four quarters, they're going to grind them down, and and that's why I like the Rams. All right, so let's talk about some prop bets. Everyone loves the prop bets. There's, I mean, by kickoff, there's, you know, by game day, hundreds and hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of bets you can make. And I, I like, you know, there's a lot of the bets that professionals make, as you know, aren't available right now, probably not until Friday, Saturday of this week. Um, but a lot of the bets that I like to make are the cross sport bets because, you know, as you know, as a lot of the audience knows, I bet a lot of hockey, soccer, and so they get a lot of those prices wrong for the cross sport over unders. So you you get on those early, you can pounce. Um, but let's talk some prop bets here. I'll give you a couple bets that I've made so far, and I want to get your thoughts. See if you think these are good. See uh, your initial reaction. So the couple uh, that I've given out so far publicly are. Um, will there be a roughing the passer penalty that's currently plus 110 for the yes and I think like we talked about earlier the defensive line for LA the tendencies for the Cincinnati offensive line to be porous Joe Burrow's been sacked a lot I think especially early in the game wanting to hit Joe Burrow wanting to get after him Again, in the first half where penalties mean less, even though it is a Super Bowl, I think the propensity for that kind of a penalty is so much higher. These these 
referees will be on, or this 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 umpire crew will be on top of it. I think they're not going to let anything slide. I could see an overzealous defense from the Rams side getting to Joe Burrow. And look, from the other side, I mean, potentially we've got sort of a free roll looking at Matt Stafford and uh, getting the penalty there. But I have that at, at plus 110. I think anything better than even money is a good bet there because I think there's a better than a 50% chance that we see a roughing the uh, passer penalty. So what do you think about that bet? Yeah, I like that a lot. And you, you touched on possible possibly happening earlier in the game, which makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, excitement going on and, and wanting to attack, wanting to get to the quarterback um, and, and make that play early on and come in late. That's absolutely a possibility. So uh, I, I like that. Yeah, plus money too. All right. Uh, and just to repeat, uh, a lot of these prop bets that we're going to be talking about are on Bovada.com, one of the few websites to have a lot of these kind of crazy different bets out available right now all right the next one uh how many players will have a passing attempt i have over two and a half at plus 105 now here's the thing three oh, of the, three of the last four super bowls have included a trick play like this you have two weeks to draw stuff up and yes we've seen it with odell beckham i i think that we are for sure going to see a and it just has to be an attempt not even a completion so whether it's a halfback pass uh you throw it to the receiver, he passes it. Again, I think anything better than even money is a bet here. Do you think that's good or do you think that's a little too cheap? What did you what did you say the price was on that? Plus one oh five over two and a half. Plus one oh five. So just slightly above uh below fifty percent chance. Yeah. Um man, you know You're skeptical. I wanna say that's gonna happen. It is skeptical for me. I don't know if I I would probably pass personally. Um but yeah, like I mean, we have seen it the last few years in the Super Bowl, and we just saw it recently with the Rams. I don't know if that means that they're not going to pull it out this game, maybe, but um, or maybe they do. I it, I wouldn't play it personally, but um, all right. So we've yeah. got one approval and one disapproval. <laughs> that makes my approval rating fifty percent. It's about the average president right there. All right. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if you're gonna like this next bet. Now, are you a crypto okay. guy? Are you a big crypto guy? I wouldn't call myself a big crypto guy. I have dabbled in crypto. Well, look, there's a difference. I dabble in crypto. I've invested in a couple of cryptos. But if you go to lunch with a friend you haven't seen in a while, is half the conversation on your end taken up by crypto? <laughs> no. Okay, no, then no, then you're not a crypto guy. I can safely say <laughs> that meets the, the criteria for not being a crypto guy. Uh, so, so you may be okay with this bet. What will happen to the price of Bitcoin during the Super Bowl? It's currently minus 125. It goes up minus 105. It goes down. I have it going down. It's gone down three of the last four Super Bowls. There's not a lot of American traders or at least far fewer American traders during the, uh, uh, Super Bowl, obviously. And history has shown that during that day, specifically for whatever given reason, whether it's economics or, or luck, maybe it's small sample size, but historically, non-American traders are selling at a much higher rate on that day. So I took the under at minus 105. Got any problems with that? I don't have any problems. And actually, um, I like that you went back to this because you went, you did this bet last year. I did. I, <laughs> I did. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And you're spot on like same analysis i think uh it makes a lot of sense to me i really do like that bet. this, and, this is probably yeah, gonna be one of those prop bets to where until the books flip it and make i, I was the, gonna say they didn't adjust right right until they make the yeah. under or the no minus 125 to me i'm just gonna bet this every year 
Yeah. Yeah, no, great. I like that one a lot. I call la- on it. Last one. Um, will there be a successful two-point conversion? Yes, at plus 200. And this is very specific reason for me. Nothing to do with the game plan. I didn't do any analysis on these teams and their two-point conversions. This is simply the price that we've been able to get for the last seven years. However, we've seen more two-point conversions this season than like the last six or seven years combined. There are so many more opportunities to go for two. And with that propensity, two young head coaches, not afraid to take that extra leap. We see a lot more of that. So given, I mean, the fact that they didn't adjust the price at all, to me, it was an automatic bet. It's simple math. They're they're running more two-point conversions. These coaches are much more likely to do that, even in the Super Bowl. The price didn't adjust. I bought it. So what do you think? Absolutely. Um, you, you nailed it with the younger coaches. The, this generation of coaching is taking on more of the analytics, which tells you more often than not uh, to go for two in certain situations. And I think we're going to see those presented this game, and those opportunities are going to be taken. All right, good and stuff it, today. It's to, it's to, it's to attempt a two-point or convert? No, conversion. The attempt was minus, okay. the, the attempt was minus 140. So they think, okay. so the, the books are saying there's around like a 58% chance they're going to attempt one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it's not minus 110. It's substantial. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is substantial. That's interesting that then they're not adjusting the conversion because I feel like, I, I guess I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I feel like you were going to convert more than than uh, plus 200 would imply. Right, exactly. So, And yeah. keep in mind, again, yeah. we're recording this on uh, February 2nd. Two two twenty two. So the prices may, uh, you know, obviously change. All right, Ryan. Good stuff today. Nice talking to you. Before we get you out of here, final picks. Anything we didn't go over? So you've got the Rams minus four. Yep. Uh, anything on the over under? Are you you're staying clear? Uh, of that? I I leaned. Yeah, I'm staying away. I did lean initially to the under when it came out at fifty. I think it's now settling at about forty eight. And um, is it down to forty eight? Uh, really. I think so. Let me let me let's pull it up real quick. Oh, yeah, I can get it here too. Hang on, just uh, yeah, at 40, 48 and a half. I'm I'm seeing consensus. So wow, okay, came down just a little bit there. Interesting. And yeah, honestly, yeah, probably settle right around there. Maybe forty eight, forty seven and a half. I wouldn't be surprised either. But wow, um, staying away from that. I I like the Rams here minus four, and uh, probably diving into some props. Uh, here shortly and I'm going to go play that Bitcoin one though that's for sure <laughs> alright man good stuff <laughs> thanks for joining us again it's Ryan Elliott you can give him a follow on Twitter at Ryan underscore Woos that's Ryan underscore W-O-O-Z-E appreciate it man we'll talk soon thanks Tyler all right, uh, good stuff there. Great job from Ryan coming in, giving his opinion. Hope you learned from him. Again, give him a follow on Twitter at Ryan underscore Woos. Uh, great stuff there. And hey, I mean, look, I don't love that, you know, a lot of people are on Cincy and, you know, it's, uh, or excuse me, I don't love that a lot of people are fading Cincy and saying that, you know, they're the overrated and maybe a little fluky, but that, that's scaring me that that's the overwhelming narrative, but, uh, We'll see. You know, again, a lot of time to go before the game starts, but enjoy the input there from Ryan Elliott. But look, there are many more bets to get to, and those are called prop bets. Now, next week we're going to have a lot more, um, a lot more of an idea of, you know, these uh, these yardage prop bets, touchdown prop bets, things like that. When we actually see what the lines are, but there's a couple we can talk about today. Uh, some of the more fun ones. I wanted to actually start off by talking about a fan favorite. The national anthem. You like to bet this one? 
I like to bet it just a little bit. I love betting yeah. the national anthem. I, I love it because it gets. I love how when you're watching the Super Bowl with a whole bunch of people, it just kicks off. You know what I mean? It just just kicks off the betting uh, in in such a fun way. Well, Everyone's is. sitting there, and, and it's so great. And you mentioned this to me the other day because this line tends to move so much, um, like quickly. Yeah. Uh, there, you you will be there with ten other people who have who bet, and you guys all have like a slightly <laughs> different second. So everyone's just sitting there with their stopwatches, and then it's great when it stops. It's like like right on where you were. And it's like, oh my God, did is I stop over, it like a over? second yeah. too late? Or is, you know, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. I just love the extra enthusiasm and the home of the brave. Yeah. They just like, stop it. Stop, 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 stop. Okay, yeah! Oh yeah. There we go. I love it. <laughs> It's, it's, it, I would say it's my second favorite uh, prop bet to make in the Super Bowl. Okay. Second to only Gatorade. Okay. I love the Gatorade. Uh, Mickey Guyton is the national anthem singer this year. Mickey Guyton has sang one other time. It was at a, P- well, at least one other time that I found it. It was at a PBS televised event for the troops, Sport Out Troops, and uh, it took her 87 seconds. And the over-under here is 95 seconds. So here's the difference, I think, okay? 87 on PBS. uh, PBS, stuck up PBS, right? With the tight neckties and everything. Is that a tight necktie voice? That was my tight necktie voice, yes. (laughs) Um, I think that PBS, by the way, no fans. It was just, it was like one of those not like, uh, no one's around. It's just a a camera and you're singing. You're going to go quick. That's a quick thing. And that took 87 seconds. And the Brave was 3.7 seconds in that performance. The Brave over-under for this performance is six and a half seconds. So that's going to double just based on the line. They do it over-under for just the word Brave? Yes, they do. It's oh, wow. Six and a half, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the over 95 seconds here because in that environment... Now, here's the here's the, the catch. Every year, you're going to hear the naysayers or the, the under people say, yeah, but the... The nerves, the nerves are going to speed you up. That's the classic go-to for the underbetters, right? The nerves are going to speed you up. But it's been the opposite. The new singers, historically. Now, I, I judge new based on three sporting event performances, or at least. Okay, so if you're new, I, I, I think that the well, the way I qualified it is you've had two or fewer public sporting event national anthems. And this is different because if you have done sporting events before it's a different animal right if you've done a concert or other things like that you're in your comfort zone so that's the whole thing with me is and and by the way i mentioned the uh, pbs performance 80 seconds or 87 seconds there was another performance 86 seconds so that's kind of the wheelhouse here i just think the propensity for her to go longer because it's the super bowl is certainly the case so again historically looking at this those who have had two or fewer games have actually shown their nerves. We'll talk about it again. But again, if you're at a comfort or if you're at a, a concert, something like that, and you're a, you're a performer, you're in your comfort zone. You're used to the right, stage. Right. You're used to that whole atmosphere. If you're singing, like especially in hockey, right? Which you don't bet hockey over unders really, but they're like standing on the ice and they're uncom- uncomfortable. That just goes to, to prove it's a different atmosphere. Adele on ice is not Adele on, on a concert. You know, you have to factor these things in. And am I talking this deeply about the national anthem? You bet your ass I am. <laughs> so this factor, so this singer would factor into the latter category. She has not had big time performances. They are over betters. 
nerves mean you take a lot longer. They don't want to mess the words up. That's a big deal. And they string that puppy out because at the end, when you get to the final few cadences, and uh, right, and it's the, flat, the last couple of cadences, they string those out because that's where it's sort of like... Like maybe a a, a, a a speech you had to give in school or something like that, where you've you're at the end, you feel comfortable and you can you can you can deliver, right? You're comfortable. It's all kind of the hard work's done. You can relax. You know it's done. Maybe that was a horrible example with the speeches in school because I never was good at speeches in school with that. But anyway, <laughs> once you once you get to the last few cadences. And you're in the Super Bowl, and you're proud of yourself, and you hopefully haven't messed and up. You know the last word, and you know or the last, last few couple words, cadences. You string that puppy up because that's the most people in your life that will ever be watching you at once, no matter what you perform at ever again, unless it's a Super Bowl again. So with all the tens of millions of people watching, they string that thing out. I like over ninety-five. Now here's the thing: you got to bet it now. It's on Bet Online. That's the only website I saw it on, and the over has a little bit of juice. So minus one thirty. You sprinkle. That's all right. We'll pay the minus one thirty over ninety five. I like that. Uh, what do you think? Do you concur? I like it. Okay. I boom. Like it. Uh, next one, and I've got a couple here to give out. Uh, I like. Uh, well, actually, one more to discuss before I give out the ones I've made. What do you think about first team to score? This is a very popular bet. First team to score. A lot of people like to make this. I lean L A Rams. Now, the reason why I lean L A Rams, it's looked at right now as a 50-50 proposition. Most years, there's not a big reason why it shouldn't be 50-50. Most sports books right now, minus 110. Is it priced at 50-50? It is minus 110 on each side, which okay. is the sports book's way of doing 50-50. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think LA has actually a greater than probably 52 or 53% chance to do this. It's right in that range of being a bettable bet. Because as we talked about earlier in the show, I think if there's one team that has a chance to come out less conservative and try and air it out and surprise, it would be LA. Now, I think both teams will come out conservative, but if there's one team that has more of a propensity to do that, I would certainly say that it would be the Rams. Uh, also, I think the coaching experience matters here too. I think that if, you are, if you're McVay, you want to, again, with the whole conservative thing, get out there. You're much more likely to be, again, more risky, I guess is what I'm saying. And then, um, you know, the other reason why I really like the Rams is uh, to score first. Even though both teams have largely deferred this year, if you are going to be a little bit out there and want to make a statement and put Cincinnati behind off off the get-go and make that young team, first-time head coach of the Super Bowl, first-time quarterback nervous, maybe you receive the ball. And the team who gets the ball first is obviously a heavy favorite to score first. So whoever wins the coin toss is always a big favorite for that. That's why last year, the books opened up 50-50. They didn't realize that Kansas City received. Like right. half the time, yeah, right. a bunch of, like throughout the season last year, and Tampa Bay didn't. So uh, the line was off. And I know, I remember, I, remember, I remember that. So for this reason, I think that if there's one team that's going to have a chance to receive more, it's going to be LA. If there's a team that may be a little bit more risky, it's LA. For those reasons, I would bet on them. You know, again, it's just propensity for things to happen. What do you think? I, I like your logic. I, uh, as I've mentioned earlier, I, I tend to disagree with you on the on the conservative thing. I actually think the Rams are going to be more conservative, but that's just my opinion. But why do you not, think that? Why do you think that? Uh, because I think they're the they're the favorite. They're they're the they're they're expected to win. They don't have to do more in order to win this game. So you're saying, all they have to do is run the so ball, saying, stick to their game plan, don't turn it over, and they're going to win this game. So you're saying it's a combination of 
they have more to lose. Like the Rams have more to lose. Right. They built this team. You look at how the teams were built. Uh, since since he went the more traditional draft route, right? The Rams sold the freaking farm to to like win now. Like they have to win now, and 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 so I, I feel like they so, so they have that, everything to lose. So, but I also feel like they, I think McVay is looking at this game and saying we don't have to do more than we are to win this game. We just have to not turn the ball over. And and I think you you're gonna have success running the ball, and so I, I that's just the way I see it. I, so I so see you it think McVay says as long as we don't screw this up, we win. And, yep. And I think I think on the flip side, the Bengals are saying, hey, we're gonna have to give a little extra juice. We're gonna have to let loose a little bit to that, win this game. That's why I don't love the Matthew Stafford props because I think that it's so tough to predict that. It is. You know, it's it is so it tough. Is, to, it is tough. But I see what you're saying, and, and you know, it's funny because I can make a case either way. I know. Like, I can see like, it. I, I can like, see it. Because I, I could also make the case that because the Rams have this sort of added, added pressure, they're expected to be here. Maybe that is a reason for him to say, "Guys, we're going for it." Like we're you know like we're gonna try and catch them off guard. If we get behind, who cares? We can come back. Like if you know, but but then again, you made you made the point earlier with Matthew Stafford throwing interceptions. McVay knows that too. He doesn't want to. Right. Can you imagine if Stafford throws two first half picks? Like right. I mean, and that's quite frankly one of the biggest ways that since he can win this game, right? So, so I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. So I I tend to disagree with you a little bit just on that one point right there. Okay. Um, but I I still think I I like I actually like the first team to score bet just because I anticipate that they're gonna have an easier time moving the ball. So even if the Bengals get the ball first, I think there's a better chance that they're they're gonna be stopped. Uh, and the Rams are gonna go down, and whether it be field goal or touchdown, I, 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 I still like your bet. I like the bet. Uh, if you want to follow Connor's advice there, which hey, if <laughs> it's always fun to bet live, uh, usually the price right when a team gets the ball is like minus one ten to plus one ten to punt. So mm. if you want to take Cincinnati to punt. You can make a live bet there, or I think right now they may have a couple bets out there. Cincinnati first possession result. So there you go. Oh, may, all right. I think you may be able to get a. Hey, plus, I might be on it. You may be able to get a plus price for a punt. C- come ride Square Town with me. <laughs> come ride the Square Horse, and we will we will gallantly ride to victory together. Uh, another prop. All right. Let's see what you think of this prop. And, and by the way, these are the props that are out right now. We're not doing Joe Burrow over under yards because we don't know the price right now, and I'm not going to give out something I know I don't know the price to. Uh, who will be shown first during the national anthem? And you know what? I think I should be like a TV producer because I am four for four my last four years with this bet. Now, the cynical part of me would say, dude, that's four That's four data points. Who cares? <laughs> There's a lot of ways that that can happen. You've, you've said as much on your show exactly. in previous Get a quarter uh, out. You're going to flip four heads in a row a lot of times. Yeah. There's not a reason yeah. you flip four heads in a row. So... Maybe I'm just, you know, attributing things to, but I'm telling you, I feel like I'm like, oh, if I were a producer, I would show him first because it's like dramatic, okay? So this year, and you're always going to look for the good prices, okay? This year, uh, who will they show first during the anthem? Joe Burrow, minus 130. Matt Stafford, minus 110. Mm. I think Joe Burrow is such a bigger story. I think Sean McVay. Is is potentially and now look it's I know it's Matt Stafford's for Super Bowl but I mean I think if Sean McVay's I think he may be a bigger story than Matt Stafford I mean that's a whole different argument but you talk about Joe Burrow he is like 
what everyone's talking about. All the fanboys around Joe Burrow this game. I talked to all my buddies who love football and, oh, Bur- Burrow, they're Burrow boys. Let's go Burrow. I love Burrow. I had nothing wrong with that. He's the number one quarterback, according to PFF. But how can you lead off with Stafford if you're the producer of the show? You lead off with Joe Burrow, and then Matt Stafford's oh, peppered in throughout the He's the, the cigar-smoking king. Dude. Everyone, everyone loves the exactly. cigar-smoking. So, and- again, what we always say on the show... It's not the team. It's not the, the the prop. It's the price. And at minus 130, this would be closer to like minus 150, minus 160. So I like Joe Burrow to be shown first during the anthem over Matt Stafford. All right. Uh, next one, cross-sport prop. Let's talk our way through this. And this is a good lesson if you're looking to ac- approach a cross-sport uh, prop. Alex Ovechkin shots on goal against the Ottawa Senators. I think that game is February 11th, February 12th, right in that range. But it's against Ottawa whenever they play the Senators. Ovechkin over under for shots or the winning margin of the game, which will be more. Okay, So Alex Ovechkin for the season, he's averaging 7.3 shots per game. So that's how we make our line. So what we do is say, okay, Ovechkin, 7.3 shots per game. And the spread is four and a half. So it may seem on the surface like the clear best bet here is to take Alex Ovechkin. Because the line says half the time the Rams are going to win by four and a half. Half the time they won't. And so this may, so when you approach it like that, that is a logical way to approach these bets. And I could see how anyone out there would approach it that way. But here's another piece that some people miss. The variance. Alex Ovechkin isn't going to have more than 10 shots on goal. I mean, the most he's had this year with 10 shots, and that was one game. There's a lot of five, six, seven, and eights peppered in there. So the max you're going with Ovechkin's 10. This game could finish with a 30-point margin. There is really so much more variance with the outcome of the game compared to Ovechkin. So when you start weighing what should I bet more, Ovechkin or the game, we can project Ovechkin to have probably within six to eight shots. We can project this game to be anywhere from four to, I don't know, probably 11 for a very average bell curve. And by the way, did you know that for the last five Super Bowls, the margin has been 10 points or more? Super Bowls, Connor, are historically not close. They have been far more blowouts than they had, they had close games. Even as of late, again, hmm. four of the last five Super Bowls, 10 points or more. The one Super Bowl that was actually close or... Somewhat close, it was a six-point game, was New England-Atlanta, where Tom Brady came back from 28-3. That's the one game in that time span that wasn't 10 points or more. So, given that, I mean, it's not crazy to think that this game could end with a 10-point margin. So, I don't have a bet for this, but it's a good way to approach. It's not as easy as just saying, okay, what's the season average? What's this projected to be? Here's the bet. Think about these things on different levels and in in different ways. Cross-sport bets can be insanely profitable, but you have to approach it from the right way. It's never quick And then, of course, taking into account the price with all that as well. Exactly. And then what are they charging? And here for Ovechkin, I think he was minus 130. It was very minus 140. So it was a little towards Ovechkin, which, look, if if you think there's a lot of variance and you think LA wins and they could blow him out, then LA would probably be a bet at even money for that prop. See, but, you know, my whole point of going through this cross-sport thing is it's not as easy as, okay, look up Ovechkin's season. You know, you have to do that, obviously. You want those numbers as a baseline, but you've got to think on a different level as well. So, all right. Um, uh, did I say four out of five Super Bowls? It was six out of seven. 
I may have got that stat wrong. So just to correct myself, six of the last seven Super Bowls have been by 10 points or more. That surprised me. Hmm. Wow. Six, six of, of the seven. last seven. Yeah, okay. that's a lot. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to give out three more fun props, and then we are going to uh, get on out of here. Um, let's see here. Uh, these three props I have made, okay? These three props I've made so far. This one's available right now on Bet Online. Will anyone during the halftime show smoke on stage? And this can be <laughs> Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, any of the singers. It's plus 400, the yes. Likely Snoop Dogg. I'm taking the yes, plus 400. <laughs> that's a fun bet to make. I'm making it. Uh, so that's kind of a fun one. That's my fun pepper one, my one I'm going to pepper in there for the show. These next two are pretty serious. I love these two actually a lot. Players to attempt to pass. I like over two and a half. You give these teams a couple extra weeks. Uh, I believe that what we said was true for the conservative nature, but that doesn't mean they don't have a couple in their, you know, trick plays in their back pocket. We've seen the Rams do this with Odell. Rams do it for sure. I think there's a, 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 a scenario in the game where both teams would do it and could do it. And I like anything over a plus 100, 50%. So I like that. Anything uh, plus money. Cooper Cup throws the rock too. Yeah, exactly. I think the Rams would be the team to do it if that were to come through. So players to attempt to pass over two and a half. And then the last one that I really like, Roughing the passer. Will there be a roughing the passer call? I have yes at plus 110. Again, anything in the plus range I like there. As we talked about, I think LA is going to have success uh, getting after Joe Burrow. This is more likely to happen early in the game too. Even now, even though uh, both these teams are the two of the lowest penalized teams in the NFL. Yes, because as we've talked about, nerves play a part in the Super Bowl. You see things that don't happen all the time, even with players like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and nerves in the first... uh, I think this also has a higher propensity chance to happen first quarter, first half, right? Once they settle down more, not as much. So if this this doesn't cash at halftime, I'm not feeling too great. Um, You still got a half to work with, but... I think due to the nerves, great defensive line, getting after Joe Burrow, and they, they're going to know, and they're going to want that to be part of the game plan. We get after Joe Burrow, hit him yeah, early. They're going to want to hit him. They're going to want to get in his head. Right? So yeah. I think that the chances for that happening... I like it. At the price, again, we talked about it, it's plus 110 right now. So if, you, if it happens half the time, that's the bet. So All right, Connor, uh, you got anything else to add, or should we wrap this up? Now let's, let's wrap it up. All right, good stuff today. Appreciate you coming in. Super Bowl 56. Hope that this uh, helped you a little bit. Get everything ready, sort through, and stay tuned. As uh, the week progresses, this week, next week, we'll have some updated information, updated picks, and all the f- and, uh, all that kind of good stuff. So, all right, good luck. Whatever you have going on today, tonight, this week, hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you soon on Sports Betting Daily. Sports Betting Daily.